This episode of the Guiltless Podcast is brought to you by Black Cat Barbershop. Open since 2018 and just voted by Scene Magazine as the number one barbershop in Cleveland. Black Cat Barbershop houses the absolute best barbers in the city with over 30 years combined experience. Black Cat offers a variety of services for all possible clients ranging from haircuts, beard trimming, close razor shaves, color consultations, and a variety of other packages. Located at 5405 Detroit Avenue and available for online bookings at www.blackcatbarbershop.com. You can also check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make your appointment with Black Cat Barbershop today. First thing that I did want to is um your name's awesome. Uh, are you married? I am single. Okay, good. Then that means that name's yours. Yeah. I didn't know if that was gonna have to be accredited to some uh, guy. No, I <laughs> have made a decision as soon as I started my career. I made the decision that I was never going to change my honor. Nor name. should you. You sound like an American gladiator. <laughs> so it's funny because when you get in TV, there is a conversation of like, does your name flow? Does it look good? Should you change your name? And I was, someone asked me, are you going to change your last name? And I said, well, why would I? And they said, it's pretty long. Um, but I like how it looks. I like how it sounds. I like my name. Now, the spelling of my first name is an absolute bitch. Yes, the two L's. <laughs> it is B-A-I-L-L-I-E. I joke all the time that my parents were drunk when they named me. Um, but the reality is my dad's name is Brad. My brother's name is Brooks. And my mom wanted to keep the B's going. And there used to be this band called Bailey and the Boys, if you know them. I do. And my mom just loved it and was like, if I have a girl one day, I'm going to name her Bailey. And yeah, this is where we are. I love the name Bailey. <laughs> so I have a uh, I have a baby coming in May. Congratulations. And, thank you. And I do, but it's a boy. If, if it was a girl, we would have no issues here. Mm -hmm. I, we had a lot of really, and like Bailey, Riley, like I love those names mm -hmm. for girls. Um, but um, yeah. Boy, nope, that's not going well. <laughs> so if you have any suggestions, let me know. Oh gosh, uh, but I don't no, want that I no, I would never change your name. Yeah, Bird no. Master, it's, it's like Beastmaster. It's I so also, close. It's um, awesome. I'm really prideful about my job and what I do. And the reality is, is I started this with no one by my side. Um, this is something that I love, and that's always going to be for me. And um, when I look far into the future, I do want to be working, yeah. whether I'm single, married, having kids. So I, uh, that's something for me that will always have to be for me, and whoever I'm with in the future will have to respect that. I agree. Whoever he is. <laughs> whoever he is. Whoever he decides to, to be. God help him. <laughs> I would take your last name. If we got married, I'd be like, fuck, I'm we're taking, I'm taking I, your I, last name. I, my dad, I, I don't know if you want to be married into the Burmaster family. Uh, my Maybe dad, not that, but I'll take the name. It is. We are Irish Catholic and Italian from my mom's side, but my dad is one of seven. I have 25 cousins and 20 of them are men, which... Like, if you know anything about me, that is just explains a lot when I yeah. tell people that. They're like, oh, okay, this all makes a lot more sense now. Um, so it is, like, we get told all the time we should have our own reality TV show because all of our crap is on the table. 
There, we don't pull punches on our family. It is what it is. We are chaos. We, I, what I like to say for our family is we're so dysfunctional, we're functional. Yeah. So. It works for some people. <laughs> and like the other way doesn't work. They're like, wait a minute. Where's all the passive aggressive stuff? <laughs> you can't explain the chaos to people. It just is what it is. Well, they, okay. So Bailey Burmaster. God, no, never change that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even think you should get married unless he takes your last name. <laughs> you know, I'll add it to the list please of things. Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were just talking upstairs as you were coming in. So you're obviously you're a, a country traveler. Like you've been, what did you say before the age of eight? You moved 14 times? 13 times, I think it was. I was born in uh, McKinney, Texas, which is like Dallas suburbs. And uh, my dad worked in oil and energy, so we moved a lot. Not a military baby or anything. Um but, I mean, they lived in Colorado, Connecticut, uh, various at places in Texas. And then I would say, like, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and that's where I went to high school. My parents tried to move me again, but I kind of threw a fit. I didn't want to move to Louisiana. My brother got to graduate from that high school, so why am I not getting that? Um, so I was there and then uh, decided to go to Oklahoma State to play soccer and from there, I started my career and lived in Lubbock, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And now I'm in good old Cleveland, Ohio. Those are sport like the, the areas you're talking about. They're sports areas. Yeah. There's a. It, this is just my opinion, but when I think of, uh, let's just keep it to cities, and we can get it. But you can do the same thing with states yeah. too. Like Texas is a Texas is a a football sports. It's a sports state. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio is too. Um, but when I get into places like California, because there's so many transplants, I don't mm-hmm. think it's as like I remember being out there on a on a Sunday, trying to hunt a place down to maybe watch the Browns game, and like you obviously the Chargers are playing too. It just wasn't that. It didn't seem like it was a big deal. No, and I, I'll say this: like especially being born in Texas and then starting in Lubbock, Texas, it, it is true. There's nothing like Texas high school football. It's different. It, it, it's it's different. no matter where you went. I remember when I moved to Wisconsin, everyone's like. Oh, you know, Kimberly, this high school here is their big deal. They put they put guys to Wisconsin all the time. And I was just like, this is child's play. Yeah. Like, this is absolute child's play compared to things in Texas. Yeah. Uh, it's different. But it's funny because for me, even like growing up in Connecticut and Georgia, my family, we weren't super like we weren't watching the NFL every Sunday. And my dad played semi-pro soccer, but it wasn't like he was sitting us down and being like, oh, you're going to watch sports. I think I just was very active in soccer. Um, And I had, you know, growing up, when you're playing sports, you have a lot of friends in sports, so you're going to a lot of sporting events. Um, And I think I always love telling this story because it was my first taste of, like, anything NFL. One of my best friends in high school, his name is Corey Hayward. His brother is Cam Hayward, uh, who plays for the Steelers. His youngest brother, Connor, is now with the Steelers, too. And um, him and his family invited me and my mom over for the draft party. And I was like in eighth grade at this point. And I just remember him getting drafted to the Steelers and me standing in the back like on these stools and being like, this is so cool. Now, meanwhile, my family are Cowboys fans. but I was never a Cowboys fan because I was not a Tony Romo fan. Um, I couldn't get on the bandwagon. He was too inconsistent for me. So I never had an NFL team. I just remember like just being like struck by how cool the NFL was. Well, good news is you're here. We have no trouble not being consistent here. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's but you, you said you were how old around there? Like 10? I think it was eighth grade. Eighth so, okay, so. However old you are in eighth grade. 12, 13? Yeah. Um, it's funny, like a lot of people I talk to, like musicians, it, there's a moment 
that they remember. And it's not necessarily like the, that what made them go into their their quote unquote career, but it's something that they attribute to. Like that's maybe like my first moment of. I'm really, really into this. It, that was my first moment of I like sports. If you want the story of uh, why I got into sports broadcast. Not yet. I, first, I want to go back to the soccer thing. Okay, okay. go back to soccer. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to the soccer thing because um, just because, again, of, of just soccer itself. First, I know that we're the only people that call it soccer. Why do we call it soccer? It's, it's just the Americanized thing. I mean, think about it. I mean, we Americanize so much. And so... So many. It's... It, Everything we, we we were watching a show. <laughs> I'm sorry, we were watching a show on Netflix, and it takes place in Ireland. And they said something I don't know. Oh, it was something like someone's blood alcohol level for a DUI, and they named some number. And my wife and uh, her mom are just like Jesus, because it's a different. It's, like it, we're the only we, we do everything we differently. Make it ours. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so they're like, how is that guy alive? I'm like, I think that's a different. I don't think it's anything. <laughs> it's a different gauge because he would be dead. Yeah, it's an, it's nothing more deep than just. They're like, like his blood ours. alcohol level was two point seven, and we're like, what the oh. fuck? <laughs> Getting after it. It's a drunk elephant just running around. <laughs> I, I I sorry that it's I've always enjoyed some of those Americanisms whenever you go to another country and. They say, like, you know, kilometers. We're the only ones that do miles. We're the only ones that talk about things that are this far away, and we measure it in time. (laughs) Like, no one in France is like, it's about four hours away. They tell you the distance, and that's just classic us. Everything's different. We have to make it ours. So big soccer fan, then. Like, just everything. Like, uh, well, do you still follow? So. um, Because, again, it's not as big here. I love playing soccer. Like, I, anyone out there that listens, if you have a pickup soccer team, like, hit me up. I'll come play. Like, that's, that's me. I'm your girl. Cool. Um, I do not watch as much. I will watch World Cup and any big games, uh, especially with the women's national team. Uh, but I, 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 I genuinely don't watch, like, you know, European soccer leagues or anything that crazy. Just because I think growing up, um... As great as soccer was for a lot in my life, there were aspects that, like, I truly are ruined forever just because, like, you know, I hate working out. I work out now just because I know I need to be healthy and um, it's good for me and it clears my mind. But, like, I genuinely hate working out because I always had to work out at 5 a.m. And then I was always part of breakfast club. So running to me is just, like, punishment more than anything else. No one's chasing you. Um, So on top of that, you know, they was also, like, they forced us to watch soccer even when we didn't want to. They were like, you got to watch this game and see how they play. And it just took the fun out of watching soccer. So I don't watch as much as I used to. No, that makes sense. I, I grew up, my entire family plays basketball and I've never, it's not that I don't enjoy it. Like if a game comes, I like going to the games. I, I like for sports. I love the social aspect of it mm-hmm. big time, but I was never somebody that necessarily like followed, like I follow football more than I follow uh, basketball yeah. and I follow fighting more than I follow anything. I miss competitive, like the competitive aspect of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I love playing. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I played year round all the time, summer league, mm-hmm. You know, AAU, everything. You know, I, I always played high school, college. I, I, I did, but even in college when I was playing, I never really watched sports. Yeah. I just, it just, and I think I got into it more later, not just because of the social aspect, because it's just kind of more readily available yeah. to you, too. So, yeah. um, good. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So now I do want to get into the, uh, like kind of how we, well, your journey, because like, aside from just moving when you were a kid, you yeah. moved a lot too. And yeah. for these types of jobs, I don't think people understand no. there can be a lot of mobility with it. Yeah, it's, 
I, I talk to a lot of classes, and it's funny because when I talk to classes, uh, you can tell just by the way they look at you, they're like, this bitch is kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Or like, dang, like she's harsh. But the reality is, is I tell them like, if you're doing this to be on TV, you should quit now. Yeah. Like get get out of this class and change your major. It's like going to the pro sports. Like the, the percentages yeah. are not in your favor. No. And if you're not willing to bust your ass, you also need to get out. That's yeah. fine. It's totally okay to say you don't want to work for this, but you need to get out because you're going to get paid absolutely terribly. You are going to be in the armpit of some state where you're barely getting any coverage and every single day you're going to have to work to get better, to get a demo reel, to go to the next armpit of some yeah. state. Um, so it's... <laughs> no, it's... When you say this, I know we were talking about Andre earlier. Andre's first gig, or one of his first gigs, as he went to Kent, he was doing, I don't know what you would call it, the, the fishing beat mm-hmm. at Kent Radio from like 2 to 4 in the morning. <laughs> And it's so funny because he he's telling me this. He's like, "Have I ever been fucking fishing?" I'm like, "No, of course not." And he's like, "Well, do I care I was about reporting fishing? on it?" <laughs> well, no. And that's I started in Lubbock, so I was actually, if I, I believe correctly, I was one of the. I think in my class, I graduated to go into sports broadcasting. There were like thirty-two of us, um, and I was probably like one of six or seven females, and I was the first person to secure an on-air job. Nice. Um, I was a general assignment reporter in Lubbock, Texas at KMAC. Shout out. I was Monday through Friday. Um, and my my running joke, yeah. Sorry, general assignment. The, you I just think I know do what it like means. The, the Whatever's available. Of the news of the day. Sorry. Um, but my, the, the running joke in our newsroom when I was a news reporter was B. Block Bailey, which when you're a news reporter, you're supposed to be pitching stories that are like top of... Top of the show, A block, uh, like right off the top. But I had all these B block stories because I was like, oh, this is a really cute story. Or like, this is a sports angle. And they're like, this is a good story, but like, this is an A block. Um, You're thinking more from like almost like a sports purist versus ratings. I was straight up trying to get into sports. I told them, I told Russ Poteet, who was my news director. He's still there. God bless this man. He hired me. I'm still close with him to this day. He's awesome people. But I told him, I was like, listen, I'm going to work harder than anyone you've ever hired. I want to be in sports. I'm going to do my news job so good, but I'm going to be able to do sports so much better. And I'm going to, sh- I'm going to prove that to you. So I would work Monday through Friday and then Saturdays, fr- Friday after my shift, I would go shoot high school football, cut them highlights. And then Saturdays I would come in and do like a mock sports cast of my own on tape to like show him. And I would send it to him every single week. Nice. Um, and within a month, two months, I was moved over to the sports department. Well, you know what? Because so going in and saying I'll work, I promise you, a thousand people have told that guy that, yeah. but then you actually showed him. Show, yeah, you're inundating this guy with examples, or here's my work, or here's this. I bet you a lot of that. My opinion, he didn't even look at it. He was just like, we can definitely use this person because the hard work is already there. We can clean anything up that needs to be cleaned Correct. up. And I, I don't know. I'm the person like. I'm upfront about what I bring to the table. I may not be, you know, the best writer on our staff. I may not be, you know, the best shooter. I may struggle to edit, whatever it is. But I can, the thing I can guarantee is no one's going to work harder than me. Hey, that's a, and that's a lost art nowadays, it feels like sometimes, you it's know. A, it's kind of an old school mentality, but uh, it's worked for me to this point, so I don't plan on changing Well, that, well, and I think... It's it's a lost art for sure, and I think in the general work field, 
it can never go out of it's not only can it not go out of style it's not going to go out of style in your field mm -hmm. it's just there's too much writing on it there's too much competition and there's too many things that can go wrong you can't have someone that's just like you know that's like all right thanks appreciate the job and how much time off do i get they're like i don't know when the team's not playing so, <laughs> you know, it it's was, a it's a it's a mentality that it's a, it's a it's an industry where grinders are always welcome. And it's funny because I think especially as a woman, when you start off, like people think there's so many reasons you get hired. So it was like I remember I got here in Cleveland and I had a friend say to me, well, you know why you got hired. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, I mean, look at you. And <laughs> this was a coming from a friend. So it kind of bothered me that he said that. Sure. But it made me laugh and then I let it go because people like that genuinely do not know what I do. They think I walk into a station, someone does my script. hair, my makeup, they <laughs> hand me a dress and I walk on air. Yeah. No. I shoot, I edit, I produce, I write all my own stuff while having to look, have, hold up an appearance. Um, like my favorite story that I've had since I've been here in Cleveland. Um, so this was the last draft. And um, our producer had been out really sick, but he said he was coming back the Friday, could come back the Friday of the draft. So the draft's Thursday, so the second day of the draft Friday. So we had this whole plan for his return. He can't come back Friday. We find that out at 9.30 on a Friday. We have a draft special Sunday that's an hour long that hasn't even been touched. We have two people who are out, like backup producers, that cannot produce the show. So my assistant news director walks to comes to me because I'm the only person on our sports office who has any experience producing a special and says, I don't know what else to do. You're going to have to produce the hour long special, which I had never produced a special that's an hour long um, and a top 20 market for an NFL team like this was out of my comfort zone. And they wanted to take me off of draft coverage so I could have two days to work on this. But I was really mad because I get territorial about the things I cover. And I'm like, no, I want to cover the draft. This is like the Browns have a pick, have picks. I want to be I want to be out in Bria covering this. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to work an eight hour shift. I'm going to cover the draft. And then with between now and tomorrow, because I had to cover the draft Saturday, you're also going to give me however much overtime I need to get this draft special down. Now, I'm a diligent worker. I'm a quick worker and I'm a good worker. So I was able to do bust this out on a normal day's work along with like four hours of overtime. Well, they were like, since you're doing it, we want to put you in the show as well. So not only am I producing and editing this show, now I'm going to be in it. And I had 24 hours to basically do this less than yeah. 24 hours. Um, the ratings were 70% better than the prior year's draft special. Um, I had to wear a turtleneck on the special because I broke out in hives from the stress. Oh, now here's the thing about like stress for me. It never mentally fogs me like mentally. I'm so sound and able to get through it, but my body will react. Sure. So I normal. get like these red, like I just get a red rash. So I had to wear a turtleneck to um, cover it. But it's funny because that's things like no one on the outside world knows. They think I show up to work and I'm just like, Oh, like I'm on air and I'm reading a teleprompter. Absolutely not. And I, my best thing, my favorite thing is people will be like, oh my God, where's your, where's your, where's your cameraman? Bitch, I am the cameraman and I'm the editor and I'm the producer and I'm the writer and I'm the reporter. 
Um, it's not what it seems, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I don't. It's it's not. Well, again, it's it's not like there's been a lot of behind the scenes documentaries of what actually happens with this. I mean, it, it's it's nutty, like it is. And sorry, some of my reactions from your stories is how I would react to some of these first. Someone walks up to me and says, you know, you got that job. If someone implied that I got a job because I was attractive, my first reaction is, thank you so much. <laughs> and you're right. I'm beautiful. So what I love to say <laughs> no, to people. No, but I know what you're saying. When, when, you know, when anyone gives me some type of compliment or, like, joke about something, my reaction is usually, like, a, sar a sarcastic, like, little note of, like, well, I'm, I'm, I only got hired because of my looks. I only got hired because of my looks. Well, it's an underlying <laughs> joke that goes with the stereotype that's probably pretty prevalent in what you do. Well, you know, I'm also, I mean, I'm an honest person and I feel like I can have this conversation with you because we've talked about like everything's offensive. But the reality is media is visual. Yeah. Oh, it People, is. they're going to like, even if you're not the, like I get critiqued on how I look. And it will be like, <laughs> I remember one time I was in Green Bay and I, I guess it was an unflattering angle, whatever. I looked fat and this guy was like, you could stand to lose 10 pounds. And I legitimately emailed him back and I was like, thank you. You have to start every email with thank you so much for watching. And then I followed it up with, I am so sorry. That was the pizza box I had for dinner from Pizza Hut. Have a great night. Because I did have a Pizza, <laughs> a pizza Hut box <laughs> for dinner and it, it is what it is. Um, I just am really fortunate that I'm very comfortable in my own skin and I've never put like validation in how I look like, you know, my mother will do mother things. She'll be like, Oh, you had a hair out of place. And I always say, yeah, but how was my content? Yeah. Like how was my, how did my like information come across? It's, it's one of those things. It's a, um, it, that, that's never going to go away. Unfortunately, no. there's too many people in the world. There's too many people who, and I, I know what you're saying and I agree. And they've done studies on these. Like just, there is a, there's a visual aspect to any type of presentation. If I show up to a presentation and I'm, you know, I'm not super attractive, obviously, but if I'm, if I'm dressed up and I look like I've, you know, gotten a good night's sleep, if I'm, you know, well rested, if I, you know, clean shaven, all these things, I'm never, um, that will, that has an impact on people's perception of what's being presented. And they will remember if, say, you are not. Mm -hmm. Like if you look a little disheveled or tired or I'm anything. Always... It's a very weird thing, but, the, but it is something. And not even consciously, subconsciously. It's just something that people kind of do react to whether they know it or not. I'm always very cognizant of how I'm, like, what I'm wearing how I'm wearing something and how I'm operating in certain situations, like an NFL locker room. Um, I have rules I follow um, out of respect, not only for myself, but for whoever else is in the locker room. Um, example, if someone is changing and we're, wait we're all in a scrum waiting for them to change, I will have my back towards them until they're ready. And I'll tell my cameraman, hey, tell me, because usually it's a male, um, tell me when we're good to go and I'll turn around. If I can't do that, my eyes go up. I just, I want everyone to know that I'm in there for a reason and that reason is work. Sure. Period. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic just as far as looks, what you wear and how you operate. But I'm, I'm very big on everything in this industry. Like your work will speak for itself. Yeah. You know, I don't have to sit here and say, you know, well, look at everything I've done. No, you can see, you can see the tape, the materials out there. Go, go, you can go watch and tell me if you think I'm good or not, or if you think I'm about business or not. Like it's, it's going to tell you everything you need to know. 
And when you say the work is good, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I, I do want to kind of dive deeper into this because I think there's aspects of it that I think a lot of us take for granted. And it's something I've talked to people that, that make documentaries that, that work like that work sound on documentaries, uh, you know, musicians that are releasing music, comics, releasing content. There's this, this thing. And I, I think that if it's done well, we don't notice it. If it's not done well, we do. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't care about it, but when it's done well, it's almost like we're, we're expecting it. We're like, Oh, that's how it's supposed to look done. Right. All the work that goes into making like a three minute, two minute, 30 second, you know, news segment, sports segment, work and be casual where you don't even notice that it is and you're just absorbing the content what goes into that is astounding but if we watch the same 30 second two minute three minute clip and it's clunky and the sound comes in and out and the cameraman's all over the place and the person's wearing something that you're just like why'd you pick that we remember the entire thing and don't remember what they talk about. Mm-hmm. It's very weird but it's very true and I think it's important to find what works for you um You know, I remember getting into this industry. You have a lot of people who would try and be, like, um, cheesy and witty with, like, their scripts and stuff. That's not me. Like, I am kind of old school in how I operate business-wise. So I'm going to give you the facts. I'm going to give you all the information. You can make your own opinion on everything. And what I like to do is sprinkle my own personality in in within that. Yeah. and which my personality is kind of blunt and honest, occasionally sarcastic, but I'm always having fun. Like every, like my number one pillar in everything, relationships, work, uh, life is if it's not adding fun and value to my life, why am I doing it? If it's not a F yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I operate when I work as well. And I think where the news industry, it's, it's very interesting. People are trying to reinvent the wheel right now we're in this phase of like everything's streaming and everything's this and we need to adapt which there's truth in that i think there's also truth in don't fix what's broken people value honest real connection genuine connection so why don't you build connections with the people you're putting on air like something my mom always says to me like when we're in markets is oh my gosh i just love this person i just want to be their friend i feel like we've lost that aspect of I guess local TV news in a way. Uh, yes, we have, uh, and I can say as a kind of casual person that's absorbing a lot of these things that I don't work on, it's definitely changing. I mean, and I mean everything is changing: music, movies, television, comedy, uh, news for sure. I mean, you're seeing dramatic drop-offs and increases in usage or paying attention. Like I, one of the better examples that I can think of is a. Uh, um, the Oscars, because I think those are coming up, actually. I think they're today. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to miss it. <laughs> but if you looked at the Oscars from 2020, 40, 50 million people watched that. It's like eight or nine now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that eight or nine million people watching your show is a bad thing. That's great. But comparatively, it's not. That's a shifting block. The NBA Finals has very similar numbers. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, I think, but you do have to kind of adapt with how to get, kind of yep. get your eyes out there. But I think, and again, this is me 
I can't stress that enough. This is not Bailey's opinion. This is Joe's. <laughs> I think what's happening with a lot of these, I think, sports shows is a lot of us sometimes pine for the old Stuart Scott ESPN days because we loved them. We think of those as just like, you know, just because Stuart Scott was the fucking coolest man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really sure. was. You know, he's, you know, the 30 minute ESPN shows and just showing highlights and he's dropping well, all these hilarious think- things in and now it's turning into we have to say something. Well, it just happened a couple days ago with Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. You have to say something. Doesn't have to be, and it came out, it was wildly inaccurate, but it doesn't have to be true. It just has to kind of get people to look. Yes. Well, and that's, I think that's the issue. The old days it was, let me present to you the facts, maybe give you my own little nugget, but not my opinion, and let you put your opinion. I've had to be really, that's what I like to do. And that's what I definitely try and do with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Because with this team, everyone has an opinion and there's a lot to go around and <laughs> I guess the Cleveland Browns don't need help with being messy no, to say the least. They're killing it right now. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things of, I guess that's how I like to do it is like, give you the highlights, give you the fun aspects, maybe sprinkle some fun in there. But other than that, like I'm not going to tell you how to think you should be able to tell yourself how you think and determine your own opinion on things. It's turned into more like the, it, almost the the MTV real world type mentality where I don't know if you've ever watched the real world. I don't know how old you are, I, but I, I used to. I haven't seen it obviously. In a long so time, but. the original uh, the original uh, uh, real world it was filmed in New York. It was genuinely interesting because it was the first of its kind, mm-hmm. and it was filmed over like several months because these were really just normal people that they threw together and they just want to see what happened. Modern day real world it's filmed over maybe three weeks because they're just like well when we're casting let's find the fucking eight most annoying people that we can that we know aren't going to get along well and then you find this one nugget and how can we propagate this one nugget to feed another narrative and then that's what it turns into and i feel like sometimes sports have kind of not baseball as much i I don't think that i don't as admittedly i don't pay as much attention to it um football for sure Basketball, I think, is the biggest culprit by a wide margin. I think the funny thing with all of it is, like, a lot of these athletes have egos, and there's millions of dollars in it. There's going to be chaos at some point. We don't need to stir the pot. No, you don't. (laughs) So, I I don't know. It's... it's, You don't don't need to. You don't need to. And I'm not... I'm not picking on him or I'm, I'm saying him because I think he's the best example of this. Like we don't have to like prod Kyrie Irving. Something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he is. He's a little bit, I don't even want to say he's controversial. He's just different, you know? And I think you know, he does a, a frightening amount of good for people that I don't think people really know. LeBron does the same thing. The amount of, cause I'm from Akron, the amount of stuff he does in Akron that no one even knows about, but you know, the things that, People are asking about you know LeBron about it. What are the things that, what are the chinks in the armor that that's more well, interesting to me? I think the other thing too is like, do we have to have an answer for everything? No. Like, do you have to have an opinion on everything? Do you have to talk about everything? Whatever happened to just being like, I don't know, or yeah. I don't like, I know nothing about that, so I'm not going to talk about it. Like, if you like sat here and started asking me political questions, I'd be like, dude, I'm so far out of my realm that I'm just. <laughs> We're just not even going to go there. And it's not because it's, oh, it's a sensitive subject. I, listen, the world rotates (laughs) one way or another. It's going to keep going. I'm going to pay my taxes. And that is what it is. Like, it's just, 
I'm not going to comment on things that I don't know about. Why do I need to? No, that's why. And, and you, you, I think sometimes they feel compelled mm-hmm. just because the mic's in front of them to actually answer. But you're right. There's nothing wrong with the answer of, I know nothing about that. I'm not saying that I won't look into it, but I, I just played a game. Let me do, Correct. let me just do my thing. Correct. Do you want to ask me about the game? Yeah. Because it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. But I think, and, and this is actually something that I've, I've thought a lot about, um, uh, just watching post and, and, and pre-game fight interviews. Mm-hmm. Is it, do you think that maybe sometimes the reporters just are running out of stuff to ask because, uh, well, take baseball, for example. What's there's 182 regular season games? Mm-hmm. How many questions can you ask about kind of the same thing over and over again? Do they almost feel like they have to dip into something outside of the game? I f- sometimes I do feel like reporters feel like they just have to talk. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's harder for baseball because they are holding these interviews, so you do need to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And it is, I think baseball is one of the hardest sports to, covers because, to cover because it is so just a next game, next game, next game. There's so many games that the story of the game is constantly changing. Then you have the follow-up. Then you have a new, you know, another day with another press conference. Um, I know how I operate is... I'm big on, however you'll learn, how I operate work is very much how I operate my life. Um, Don't waste my time. And I won't waste yours. So when I have opportunities to interview Browns players or Cavs players, if I genuinely do not have a question, I am not going to sit there and be like, oh, I I got to ask something. Like, I got to ask a question so they know who I am and know that I'm here and that, you know, I'm validating to everyone else in this room that I'm here for a reason and I'm actually covering the game. No. I want to ask a thoughtful question and half of that is listening sometimes people don't even listen and i'm just like how can you be a reporter and not listen yeah um but my biggest thing especially when it comes to question asking is it's not what you say it's how you say it so you know i'm just going to an example for like the browns we're talking to miles garrett let's pretend and someone says well how did you feel about Jadavian Clowney popping off in the locker room yesterday you're, and there's times people will ask things like that you're trying to elicit a response yeah. not get a, an answer Where it's like miles obviously yesterday brought some unexpected comments what was your takeaway from the things you saw from Jadavian? there's a difference in my demeanor there's a difference in how I phrased it. And for me, I think I, there's, I never ask a question without asking myself it um, in an aspect of me being a college athlete when I was playing. Um, how would I want someone to approach this with me to know that I understand they're trying to do a job, but they're also being considerate and I can tell they're coming from a place that's not I'm trying to, uh, you know, do clickbait or like a headline. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Um... And it's also like the, the that's a very very good point. And let's kind of stick with that same example. So, if it's trying to lead to an answer that you want to, mm-hmm. so say the same thing as hey, so and so said this. You know, among you guys players, I know there's camaraderie. Do you think that has any impact? I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Versus, so and so said this. Do you think, you know? kind of sounds like he's saying that maybe the defense isn't doing their job or maybe that did you feel slighted by that so you're putting it in everyone's head already that there's a chance you were slighted or maybe you should have been slighted you can't tell people how to feel yes in your question but they try to lead it that way yeah yeah no it's not genuine then and a lot of times they know that 
and now you're going to put them on the defense. Yes. Uh, it's got to be a real answer. And you know what? Sometimes it falls flat. Sometimes yeah. you don't get what you're looking for, and it is what it is. Um, but, and, and you know what? To be fair, though, there are times where you have to be straight to the point with your question. Agreed. And there's fairness in that. I, You know, I remember everyone... There's a few females on the Browns beat. Obviously, you have Mary Kay and Marla was on it. And they've been doing this for years. Um, but there's been times where I've been the only female on the beat, whether I was covering Texas Tech um, and whatnot. And I remember when, you know, everything was going on with Deshaun Watson during training camp and Andrew Barry and the Haslams finally spoke. There was, I was, we were getting through the press conference and I remember asking, no one, no one was asking. It was all um, kind of past tense questions, which needed to be asked. But for me, it was like, this is happening no matter what. Like, he's going to be the quarterback. So what are they doing to prevent anything from happening while he's their quarterback? Because who's to say this won't happen again? Which triggered the question for me was, okay, is this massage therapist going to be male or female? That has to be determined by now. And if it is not, there is no real plan of action here now did i think they were ever going to give me a straight answer no but did it need to be asked yes in my opinion yes and so i had to ask that question and instead of making it emotional or trying to you know give them a reason why i'm asking this before asking the question it was just a very simple is the massage therapist he'll be working with with the team male or female and it's those are hard questions to ask and you it probably puts you on a radar for the wrong reasons but I also think if they're reasonable people, they'll understand why that's a fair question. They also have to understand, let me rephrase, they should understand, they don't have to understand, mm -hmm. that that is a question that is on a lot of people's minds. Well, and definitely outside the city of Cleveland. And you said something there, because I've said this multiple times, like, I'm not saying that it's going to happen again, but I think there's a high probability it happens again. I And, and I say that because uh, it's a young person that had a lot of trouble when he was with the Texans, a lot of trouble. And then he was handed 250 million reasons to think you can get away with this. And he's a young guy. I mean, to say this isn't – I'm not saying this specifically, but that he kind of doesn't feel like he's bulletproof, that's human nature. Um, and that that's just my opinion. So I think that that is a, a very valid question, and I think – one that like people in the public have thought like why do, do the Browns not have a massage therapist? Like why does he keep going out and doing these? These are fair questions. I do I do think that and they're questions well either in a joking situation or in a real situation, serious newsworthy whatever, do get asked. So no, I don't think that's a. I, a I think it's a very valid question. I I always say this like people are like you know there's no dumb question. Uh, Occasionally, I, I do think there are dumb questions. <laughs> I could ask. But, I ask plenty. <laughs> but with that being said, I think question asking is a lot harder than people think it is. Oh, and yeah. It's that simple. So how – well, just as we talked about, we were going to get derailed because I wanted to talk about your dreams. How, how, so how did we end up here in Cleveland? So I was in Green Bay for – okay, so Lubbock for like three years covering Texas Tech. A great starter market because I got to cover a lot of college athletic things that kids my age don't get to. I went to a Omaha for College World Series. I went to bowl games. I got to cover Patrick Mahomes, which is, like, so cool now. Yeah. I went to his draft day. Um, so I, I got to do a lot of really cool things. And then 
ended up in Green Bay covering the Packers, which I, I, there were two thoughts when I was getting ready to make that move. The first one was, oh my God, I'm really going to move to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And then the second was, I'd be absolutely stupid not to take this job. So I took the job, went to Green Bay, um, loved it there. Like I do not have like one bad thing to say about my time in Green Bay and the station and the people I worked with. Everything was amazing. I became half the reporter I am because of that place. Um, covered back-to-back NFC championships, Aaron Rodgers. We, we covered the Bucks and Brewers, obviously dealt with COVID during that time. Um, but it was a two-year contract, and I started applying. And um, at the time, I had a Cleveland offer and then was talking to another station in Texas. Big market, basically home. Um, but it was more of a sports news job. And this was a full sports gig. And I remember after my first interview, um, you know, confident, not cocky, but I remember calling my dad and be saying, I'd be baffled if I didn't get a second interview. Mm. Like, that's how good it went. Yeah. Um, had my second interview. They wanted to fly me, fly me out. I came here and um, me and one of my best friends, Natalie, we always talk about um, people get really flustered over big decisions, big life's decisions. I've never been like that because every big life decision that I know is right for me, I have a very calm sense internally of just like, I got to do this. And when I got the Cleveland offer, I knew I had to do this. And so now I've been in Cleveland for come June, it will be two years. Oh, I thought it was, th- okay, never mind. For some reason. I'm very bad at time now after mm-hmm. COVID. I just am. I'm really, really bad. I can't put in my mind. I'm like, yeah, that was about two years ago. And my wife's like, that was in the nineties. Like, I'm just, I'm bad at it. I don't, I don't know why. It happens. So what do you think of our beautiful town? Listen, every, I, when I told people I was moving to Cleveland, they were like, Cleveland. But you guys have to remember, I've moved so much. The bar was so low. Nice. I've literally, that's lived what in, we need. Okay. Listen, I've lived in Green Bay. And Lubbock, Texas, as like, as an adult, and I went to college in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So if anyone knows, like, no place is never as good or as bad as you think it is. It's very much what you make of it. It's me. Yeah. Um, and I love Cleveland. And if I could get like on my soapbox for a second, please. People being like, you know, Cleveland against the world mentality. Stop blowing it up. You want to keep it where people don't know about Cleveland. I've said this so as many someone times. who's from who grew, like my family's in Austin, Texas. I loved it when we moved there. Now we get all these transplants from transplants from California because everyone's like, "Oh, it's Texas, but it's better." Like, well, bleh, whatever, and it's overpopulated. And then they take the best things away from the city. You guys are in a perfect spot. I've said this for. I, I, it's so funny you bring this up because I very much believe this. Because when you look at some cities, like over the last like ten years, that have everyone kind of quote unquote discovered mm-hmm. and kind of fucking ruined. Yes. Like Nashville. Yes. Like Nashville yes. was such a cool, and, I, and I'm not saying it's not cool now, but it's a fun, cool music party town. And now it's a bachelorette destination. It's, like, it's not where you want to live. Nope. Yeah. You'll go visit, but like Cleveland is a great city to live. And something that I was so surprised by the food scene here is unreal. It's very good. It's amazing. <laughs> I could talk about. I had Doug Tratner on here, who uh, is is the, uh, as premier as a food restaurant reviewer as we're going to have. Twenty years experience. He gave me this thing. I'll show it to you when we're done. Whenever you're done, when we're done here, when you're just like one day just sitting around, like 
where's I really want to get Asian. I don't know where to go. This thing that he gave me breaks out the ten best Asian, ten best barbecue, ten best that. Indian, ten that. best everything. He has everything mapped out. The food is so good. So that, that's like one. Such aspect. a big food drink town. Obviously, being from Texas, I'm used to like hotter weather. Uh, the summers here beautiful uh our summers beautiful. are our summer nights are perfect i hate sweating and i do Same. not sweat in cleveland ever and that's kind of a lie when i'm covering training camp but it's hot out there um i sweat all <laughs> i'm kind of sweating right now <laughs> so there's a i i genuinely genuinely mean i have really really enjoyed my time in cleveland i mean hey for someone like you for the the little time that i've known you but i mean uh, you, you like food you like drink you like sport we have all three <laughs> and we love them and we are we are we're delusional, but we are ride or die. <laughs> I'm an easy, I'm an easy to please kind of gal. The, the bar isn't too high in a lot of departments. No, so. it, but this is this is the, this place has some of the best food and drinks and cocktails and a lot of diversity in each one of those. Mm-hmm. We have great Mexican restaurants, mm-hmm. good Indian restaurants, Asian bar. We do. We really have everything. Mm-hmm. Even just here where I am in Lakewood, we have. I mean, there's three really good pizza places a mile away. Mm-hmm. Like a mile from where you and I are sitting. Yeah. And it's it's always kind of been known that way. But I agree. We got to stop fucking telling people. Just stop. It's like, it's one of those things like when people like make the comment of like, you're a woman in sports, you don't know anything. Or like, get back in the kitchen. I'm not even triggered by those things anymore. I'm just like, okay, like, fine, be original for once. <laughs> if we're here, like when people are like, oh, Cleveland sucks, it's gross. You should be like, yes, yes it is. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't it is ever so cold. Here. Everyone gets killed. The crime is so... We're all just carrying guns shooting each hey, other. Hey, listen. I did not know. Apparently, the Walmart in the stockyards is like one of the most dangerous Walmarts in the world. It's like Beirut. I did not know <laughs> when I first moved here. Don't go to the it was like, I went there like my first week here and like I had to pick something up. So I went to the Walmart and I was like, oh, it's a little, a little sketch in here. Yeah. And then I left and I remember going to work and being like, oh, yeah, well, I just stopped by like the Walmart in the stockyards. And someone was like, excuse me, what? You do know like... 20 people have died there or something crazy. And I was like, okay, noted. No more stockyard yeah, Walmart. That is not the place. That whole, just drive right past that exit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, you see all these, like in a lot of these areas, like down on, down on Detroit, uh, like the shoreway, they're putting up even more of these, mm-hmm. like uh, these condos. And mm-hmm. my wife and I were driving by the other day and we we're just like, God, they're putting up more of these. They're only putting those up because people are buying them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I've talked to a bunch of people on here. I'm like, I really hope we don't ruin it and bring too many people here. The weather, I think, is what's going to keep them away. Because all yeah. the ones I described, like Nashville, Austin's another one. Mm-hmm. Like awesome. Austin's an amazing place. Great food. Great party it's city. So great populated. drinks. But it's so, it is overpopulated. Mm-hmm. As I, we, last time we were, we went for Austin City Limits a couple years ago. We were driving Love around. And, yeah, it's great. And uh, we, uh. Drove by a place that was for sale, and I was like, oh, I'm curious. And I was like, it's $900,000, yep. and it's smaller than the house that I live in yep. right now. It's just that's what it so is. So stop telling people about Cleveland. Yeah. That's that's the secret. <laughs> Did you, Have you been to Austin City Limits? I have. Um, I got to go. So it's really hard because obviously it's in October, which sure. is football season. Um, but when I was in Lubbock, my brother and his girlfriend at the time were going, and he had an extra ticket, and I was able to take – I think Saturday, Sunday off. So I was able to go for a weekend and really enjoy it. I am, I love music, love music. Uh, So going to ACL was a dream. I've been to Coachella before, which 
I was really disappointed in. I like ACL better because I genuinely was going to Coachella for the music. It was the year Beyonce performed and I'm a yeah. massive Beyonce fan. Um, I'm like not shy about it. So that was the, the the reason I went. But we were doing the whole day thing. Like we wanted to see every act we wanted to see. Same. We got there so early and it's very much like Coachella isn't for that. It is like who's who and we want to take a picture in our outfit and it's not about the music, which was super disappointing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was all worth it seeing Beyonce, and that was the year Eminem and Dr. Dre were there, too. Um, so I got to see Kygo. So it, big, I love music, so that was, but yeah, I love ACL. It's Same. my favorite. And we had concert. A, that concert, Austin City Limits, in terms of like the larger concert, it's put on so well. They do it so well. They it's are so perfect well at organized. It. They like, are perfect. They they are so good at it, mm-hmm. and I don't think that it could have been better. Like when I was there, was, when I was there, it was uh, Childish Gambino, Guns N' Roses, yeah. The Cure, Tame Impala, Gary mm-hmm. Clark Jr., The Rockin' Tours. I was like, but with the same, we were just like all day, and it's people don't. Some people that have men don't know. Like, it's not. It's a party for sure, but. You actually got to be really careful about drinking too much there because it's not like it's like right next door to the city. It's mm-hmm. not. You actually have to go about two miles before you can even get an Airbnb mm-hmm. or, or get a uh, an Uber or something mm-hmm. like that. We actually ended up taking – we were so tired our last night there from just having drinks and singing and dancing and partying. I paid like $150 for a rickshaw to take us two miles because oh, it was so – it was very hot. Uh, October yeah. in Austin's hot. Don't yeah, let it anyone. Is. It is. You're sweating. But it was. Uh, I mean, I'll. They had the water stations perfectly. It really was. It was put on perfectly. They do a really good job, and I think. Uh, gosh, who was the headline? When I was there, it was Mumford and Sons. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's. I. I love music, and you know what? Blossom in Cleveland's a really. I. I enjoy that venue. The only issue with Blossom. Parking parking and there's one way in one way out yeah like if you go to a concert <laughs> at eight o'clock yep and you stay for the headliner you're getting home at four in the morning so I remember we haven't figured it out <laughs> i went to the halsey concert last summer i'm a huge halsey fan it was my first time seeing her and i was so excited and someone was like do you have parking and i was like yes and they were like okay good you're still gonna take forever to get out but like you have to have parking it's never been figured out it's never been figured out a better way to do it mm-hmm. and uh it's just, it just, it just is. Like my buddy, I've seen Foo Fighters twice, and then about, I think it was a year ago, my friend was like, "Do you want to go to Foo Fighters?" And I was like, "I do." And like it's a Blossom. I'm like, "I don't." I don't. <laughs> because, just kidding. Because it was on like a Thursday. I'm like, "Nope, I can't." No, that's if it's a Saturday, I don't care. But I mean, like a Thursday, I'm I'm gonna get home at two in the morning mm-hmm. because it's just it's just so hard to get in and out of, and I want to stay for the whole. I don't know if you've ever seen Foo Fighters live. No, I'm. They play for to. two and a half hours, and they don't. put on a show. Yeah, I mean, they will stay on stage for hours. They will give you a they'll they'll play for an hour and a half. They'll give you five encores. They'll bring other people on. They'll do covers. They'll go in the crowd. It's a great show. There's two people I'm dying to see right now. Foo Fighters is one of them, and the other is Rufus DeSoul. Mm. And they're coming to Jacob's Pavilion, so I just got those tickets. Great place to see a show. So I'm very excited. I've never been, so I'm very excited to go to that concert. I feel like I there's like you have Blink 182 coming Paramore. I'm like I need everyone to chill cuz I just don't have that much money. I have a uh... <laughs> Uh, mine is uh, Depeche Mode in okay. November. And they're coming, aren't they? November. Yeah. 
this is for years. I've been, and my wife, uh, it was just, we were in California like two weeks ago and, uh, for like a wedding. And my, my buddy was just like, Hey man, Depeche Mode's coming in November. We should go. And I was like, really? And my wife's like, fucker, I was going to surprise him for his birthday. He's been talking about Thank it for a for decade. Thank you for ruining it. Yeah. My wife was like, she was like, she's like, yes, he's been talking about it for a decade. It's his, because I've seen most of the plays, the people that I wanted to see. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I've seen, you know, I've seen Tool. I've seen, you know, Bob Dylan. You know, I've seen Wu-Tang. Like, I, yeah. I and, but I was like, Depeche Mode and COVID, of course, fucked that up too. Yeah. But they're coming. And I am so excited. It's just, I'm such a big Depeche Mode fan. <laughs> well, your time is coming. Yes, it is. Soon enough. So, um, in terms of, like, I know we've talked a little bit about the, the not not necessarily the cadence, the way that, 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 that the news or the sports is covered, but the kind of like the, the evolution, I guess, is probably a better way to kind of describe it. When you talk about like the old school mm-hmm. highlights of ESPN versus kind of where we are now. Where do you see it going in the next, when you're looking at the quote unquote lack of, I know sports doesn't really apply to this, at least I don't think it does, yeah. the, the news credibility or things like that or the more gossipy reality aspect of it. Where do you see that? Do you think there's going to be a, a, a righted ship? Because you're seeing more online sources that are, like I mean, there are, news sources online that get more hits than like a CNN for the same story because people are tired of watching this. I don't think that's going to be the same for, for, for uh, uh, sports, so to speak, because everyone is still, we're diehard for sports in the U S I mean, that that's things that don't go out of style. Yeah, well, and that's, I think that's the, I feel like I fight this with a lot, with a lot of news directors because news directors feel like they have to reinvent the wheel because of how people are consuming information. Right. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense. Yeah, you know, there should be more streaming, there should be more digital presence, but TV hasn't gone anywhere. And you have to remember there is a demographic out there. A lot of your viewers are these older older individuals that have grown up watching TV. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. So you still need to feed that need. Um, when it comes to sports, though, I feel as though sports is different because games are broadcasted on TV. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I think for sports, there's going to be this hybrid that we have to work between, always. Yeah. I don't think that, I think like you said, that's never going to shift. It might for news, but it's not going to for sports. So how do you feed that need? Unfortunately, how it's looked, if you look at an umbrella of a news, a local news station, sports falls under that umbrella. It's not like this separate entity. Um, so it's, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know where it's going, but I, I don't, I don't think everything's as black and white as people a lot of times want to make it out to be. Uh, Sports, I definitely don't think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people will flat out just stop watching some news. Yeah. Uh, and that's, has happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you look at, you look at New York Times, Washington Post, uh, CNN, even ESPN to a degree, they've all had layoffs in the last four Mm -hmm. years. And I think with ESPN, it's more of a figuring out the, like the 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 source, the origin, and then delivery. But with the actual news outside of sports, I think it's more of just people have just kind of shut it off. Yeah. Um, but sports has their own apps, their own services, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's never again in the U.S. It's just w- when COVID happened, the 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 joke that we had. I was, I've talked to a couple like different lawyers about this too. There are things that never go out of that are recession proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crime, booze, and sports. <laughs> oh, and sex. 
<laughs> if we've seen anything from the OnlyFans spike. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, but I, I totally agree. And I think it's funny because when COVID happened, you had a lot of news directors kind of be like, see, we can do newscasts without sports. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely get baffled by that response because I was like, what? Did you not see the numbers from the first sporting events that were back after COVID? I mean, me and my sister started watching like Bundesliga soccer games because we were so desperate during COVID mm. to like see sports action. Yeah. How can you not see that Americans love their sports and put value into that? Uh, that was, the, I mean, that's hard for me even when I talk to news directors. You know, it's funny. Like, so w when COVID, I, I don't think it's not necessarily COVID deniers, but it's like people that didn't think that it was as big a deal or not even that, 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 that COVID itself was a big mm -hmm. deal, but the impact was a big deal yeah. where I think that, it really started hitting with people. Everyone's like, oh, fuck, this is a real thing. It was when Tom Hanks got it. <laughs> and then when they started talking about canceling the Big Ten tournament or, or like uh -huh. the Big East, everyone's like, holy shit, is this? So this is happening. <laughs> For me, it was the Rudy Gobert like touching. Oh, my God, that poor soul. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he turned out OK. He got a couple hundred million. <laughs> oh, my God, though. Like, can you imagine like you're like kind of joking about and, and like, listen, he was trying to be. Oh, whatever. But that, that was the moment I was like, oh, my God. I, re I remember I was in Miami when that happened, when it came across. We're in this bar. I was like on like a work trip and it came across this bar about like the, the they're suspending the uh, the 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 March Madness. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, oh. Okay, so this is actually a problem. <laughs> this, this is like a real thing. I remember... People's had, grandma could have got COVID, and then Tom Hanks got it. Like, fuck, this is a problem. This is a real thing. I remember I was in it Green got Bay. One of my coworkers was like, this is going to be a thing. It's coming to the U.S. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We'll deal with it when we get there. And like, kind of not really thinking like yeah. it was going to come. And then I was like, oh, like, I have to work from home for two months? As a news reporter, yeah. how does this work? Like that was a whole weird dynamic. Um, I'm so happy it's over. <laughs> I, you know, even though I guess technically it's not over, I yeah, am too. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's funny now. We're not really through. I mean, a quote unquote through COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're just. I think it's just we're just living with it now. It's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, that was a wild. Again, that was a again a kind of a strange, wild time, especially with with. Sports and everything. Like we were talking earlier about uh, uh, with some uh, with some of my guests earlier about like uh, people were trying to do like online comedy shows, online you know music concerts and things like that. But you know you can't really do that with the Big Ten or with March Madness or no. with the World Series. And that I think you know people really turn. We're just like, God damn it, we got to get out of this. Like cause yeah. that's our thing. That's our release. That's the the thing that we can really really get behind. Ours was dark. Like, not even just the weather. Like, it was dark here. <laughs> like, it sucked. Yeah. Just being inside and, oh, God. I'm uh, glad that we've, for the most part, kind of gotten through that. But, uh, yeah, that was a really silly Armageddon-type time. Yeah, when things like that start getting canceled, you're like, oh, man. And everything <laughs> sports-related is Zoom, and you're not going any. It's just, I'm I'm happy it's sort of back to normal. What did you think of the bubble? thought it was kind of genius i did too <laughs> um i don't know realistically how many companies could do that yeah to where you just like make this bubble um i also think you're asking a lot of people to you know go in this bubble and follow the rules and uh think of others 
uh, when just in nature, not our strong suit. We're selfish humans. That's the reality of it. Um, so I, I thought it was wild they were able to pull it off. I did too, but I was also, I was of the mind of when they came up with this, like playoffs moving forward, we're doing this bubble. I was like, that is somebody, somebody I don't know who it was, uh, sat in a room with some of the execs and was like. I'm really not looking to lose $2 billion this year. We're figuring something out. Come back to me in 45 minutes Money with a viable rules. plan. Money rules. Okay, because let's be real. The The thing that drives like things like the NBA isn't the attendance at the schools. It's the broadcast deals, the ESPN deals, mm-hmm. the deals in other countries. The, yeah. it, the, that's what. That's where all these big – when, when you hear people say things just like how – I mean – how are these guys still getting these huge contracts? You know, how are more teams not folding? It's not because of the attendance. That's not it. That's not what drives it. That's just that's gravy. That's a bonus. It's those deals that they have with stations and with streaming services. Yep. That's why they had to get that going. And they, ah, a lot of people didn't like We're it. Not I was like, any more money? Yeah, I'm not saying. Granted, I thought the the fake Carper people in the stand was stupid, <laughs> but I thought the bubble was a good. I thought. Under the circumstances and the time that they had, those somebody got a raise after that thing. Listen, I'm always very don't hate the player, hate the game. Yep, it is. That that was a, but then (laughs) it kind of it then fed into what we all love, which is then the stories from the bubble. Who was sneaking girls girls in? in. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I mean, it's even like the John Morant stuff that's going on right now. Oh, Wild. I, like, you can't, like, strip clubs releasing pictures. Hey, yeah. Well, you know, the John Morant, uh, I was more, I didn't, look, I'm, I'm not saying it's right, I'm not saying it's wrong. The flashing the gun on Instagram Live was not something where I was like, everyone can kind of calm down with this one. I understand that, again, it's 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 kind of what you and I alluded to, I think even before we started recording, it's that it's not that it's illegal. It's not. He's allowed to own a gun, but it's the it's what he's attached to. He's attached to the Grizzlies, attached to the NBA. But also, like, that aside, and this goes for any player in any league, have we learned nothing? Like, in what world do you generally think you can flash a gun on Instagram Live and, like, everything's going to be peaches and cream after? I think like, the, come on. Come on. I think the funniest response I saw from this was Gilbert Arenas. And if you know the history of Gilbert Arenas, you know why it's funny. Because his, and for anyone who doesn't know, essentially what happened was Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero, played for the Wizards, an absolutely phenomenal point guard. A scoring machine. This guy was, you know, $100 million, $200 million. I don't remember what his contract was, but it was north of $100 million. He got into a, whether it be a, I don't know, the, the stories are still a little bit conflicting, but essentially he was on a bus gambling, which they're adults, they do that on bus trips and yeah. stuff like that. And him, and I believe it was Javaris Crittenden, I believe is his name, they actually got into a, some type of like an argument about betting and threats were made. And I guess the next day in the locker room, Gilbert Arenas, I guess Crittenden, Javaris Crittenden, I think threatened him. And... He came into the locker room the next day, and uh, Gilbert Arenas had lined up three guns that he owned with a note that was like, pick one. And everyone was like, okay, this has gone too far. Yeah, <laughs> but, a- like, come on. And, it, I, and I don't know, it's just the mind, it, like, especially in today's society, mm. come on, you know better. Yeah. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how much money you have, you know better. Yeah. 
and that's just the latest in his little string of because then you have the the Shannon Sharp uh, mm -hmm. incident, the Shannon Sharp incident. I don't. I feel like no one's talking about the funniest part of that entire incident was that John Morant's dad tried to get involved and he was there and he was wearing sunglasses inside. I think that should be the story. Maybe you can explain this to me. I know you're not like a pro athlete, but what is it with all these athletes and their daddies? I don't know. Like, can I, like, my dad, I would love for Brad Burmaster to start popping off, like, in comment sections to anyone who, like, says anything about me and, like, my performance on air. Like, oh, oh my gosh. Between the both of us, who it, there's going to be body bags everywhere. That's a total joke of just, like, it's roasting just, it's, people. <laughs> I would you, be mortified if my dad got involved in my scuffle, uh, online what? or not. What? And, like, you are a celebrity. I, I'm, I'm, I, it, it genuinely baffles me. I don't get it. I mean, it, we were kind of talking about it before we started rolling, but, like, the whole OBJ thing. Yeah. What? What? Would you, since we're, we're on it anyway, explain the OBJ thing. I, I know of it, but I'm sure you know more. I, okay. So, obviously, I, if you cover the Browns, you know how all this happened. But his dad went on Instagram basically ripping Baker Mayfield, saying that he wasn't throwing to OBJ and that he's garbage, et cetera, et cetera. Don't take my words. Go, go look. You can paraphrase. find the post somewhere. It's go, paraphrased. Go look, yeah. Um, and everyone was like, whoa. He comes, we're, we're all on Emboria, and we know this is going to be a thing. We find out that OBJ is not in the building. He was sent home. And when I tell you this day I was live at 12, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7.30, and then had to go back and do a show at 8.30, 10, and 11. And this was like the story of the day. I remember the next day just sitting with my thoughts and being like, what in the world? And the... The craziest thing was OBJ never came out and was like, yo, my dad's out of pocket or like, yo, this isn't correct or anything. And to the knowledge from what we know, Baker and OBJ never spoke about it. Like when we asked Baker, like, had you talking to OBJ? He's like, no. And he's like, and this is weird because I thought we were cool. Like, and I know their families know each other. So it's like, it's so weird. What? So I can't help but think it was like, and I don't know OBJ's relationship with his father. I'm assuming they at least talk occasionally. And, like, his dad didn't stop. Remember, he kept posting. Yeah. And, like, replying to comments. Like, hours after even OBJ had been sent home. So at what point are you picking up the phone and be like, Dad, stop. Please stop. Unless you're like, hey, okay, so this is what we're going to do. You're going to talk a whole bunch of shit. I'm... Cause there, and there were all, I think there were reports that he wanted to be traded like a year prior and the Browns were like, no, I'm pretty sure like those were the reports out. So clearly at some point he probably became frustrated, especially during that season and was over it and wanted to be shipped off. And he, he got his wish well, um, well for him too. really well for him. But like, and this is what always brings me back to reality. And sometimes I feel like NFL players don't live in reality. It's like, we always want to talk to them about like, you know, racial issues and political issues and all this stuff. But how are you going to ask someone who doesn't actually live in your world? Because they don't. And, and the thing here is like, I could never have my dad talk crap about one of my coworkers saying I should get more on airtime. And then I fall upward. I would be fired. It's amazing. 
and I would probably never work in the industry again. That can only happen in professional sports. Correct. And yeah. that is why it is like the craziest thing to me. And it makes it even better now that the Browns are like shopping him again. And it's, listen, here's the funny thing. I'm not even opposed to OBJ coming back and being on this team. I'm not either. From a receiver standpoint, like I don't think it could necessarily hurt. Now, logistically, there's a conversation that has to be had of like, you're not going to pull this crap again. And your dad does not speak once. Like there, that boundary has to be set. Now, I don't think the Browns will ever have that type of conversation. I don't but think, if I ran yeah. business, I'm going to tell him that's not how you run business. I don't think you can have that conversation with a lot of pro athletes. And I definitely don't think you're going to have that with, no. the, with Odo Beckham. Jr. That's because ego. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I love the, uh, I, I still, t- I still very much love the, uh, a lot of those dynamics because there's a, uh, and you said it best. It's like, you're right. A lot of them don't live in there. And you know what? I'm not even saying that like making a declaration, they do not, when you have that type of income, you don't live in the real world because you automatically do not have the same concerns or thoughts or potential problems that the rest of us have. No, you don't live in the real world. You can tell how people operate athletes operate their relationships um, by who is like humbled within their position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for me, you know, it's funny. The guys in the league talk a lot about um, confidence versus fake, fake confidence. A lot of these guys have fake confidence. A lot oh, yeah. of them, a lot of them kind of have to show it. I feel like sometimes it, too. And, and, and you, you know who has confidence because they don't get triggered. They don't feel like they have to speak out. Like, real ones recently who have come to like who I think about um, Devonte Adams, Aaron Jones, Jacoby Brissett. Like I can tell you that by just real conversations I've had with these people. Like they're the ones that like I messed up when things go South and aren't finger pointing, but they're also the ones that give real answers when you try and ask questions and they understand you have a job to do. Um, it's people like that. It's like the Tristan McKenzie's of the world, you know, um, and then you have people who you're just like, dude, <laughs> I don't know what you think this is, but this isn't it. <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm a big no BS person and I feel like I'm pretty good, especially now being in a few NFL locker rooms. You can sniff out who's about that life and who's actually not about that life. Yeah, that was a, I think that's what I've heard from a couple anal- per, uh, former athlete analysts kind of say about going back to the John Moran thing is a, uh, You've come this far. Why are you? Why not? Why are you doing this? Like mm-hmm. what? You're you're punching teenage allegedly punching teenagers. You know you're, you're doing this. You're starting fights with fifty year old you know analysts. At, you know on the basketball court. Like I don't. What's and all in such a small amount of time. Like within a month, all this stuff. People three or four different events just kind of came to came to light. People will always show you who they are. Are yeah. you just willing to pay attention and take it for face value? And I'm not, I, I want to be clear, I, I'm not bagging on anybody, truthfully. I mean, if you give me, if you gave me that much money now, I'd find something to fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, I understand it's difficult and, you, and you're probably surrounded by people who are telling you you've done nothing wrong. You're doing this right. You're doing that right. I mean, go back to the, go back to the, the LeBron decision thing. You know, I mean, that's widely just considered one of the biggest media flops of all time, the, the, the mishandling of this. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of us, like, here, because you weren't here for that. Mm-hmm. A lot of us here were like, he's going to announce this decision. 
on television. Most of us are like, he's staying. Who in their right mind would do this and then leave? And then he left and everyone's like, oh. I think Someone re- pulled him aside and was like, this is a fucking great idea. I think the reality, too, that a lot of fans, um, even media, too, is like, you can sit here and talk to these people, feel like you have a feel with them, know what they do with certain nonprofits and donating yep. and giving back. But the reality is, is unless you were spending ample amount of time with this person, like on a daily basis, you truly do not know these people. Nope. And Not at all. I think something I always keep in mind, too, is like unless you are directly involved or know someone so close who is directly involved, you actually have no idea about any situation. You are not in those meetings. You are not behind closed doors. So be careful how you speak. Um, and I just know that from my own experience within athletics when I was playing at Oklahoma State. I mean, we had like small – no one cared about women's soccer. But like we had small little team issues and, you know, other teams would hear and ask and you would hear the same too. And you just knew like unless you were in those meetings or like you know someone directly who was and you take things for like what you know about that person and how they operate business, like you do not know. Um, and so I'm really careful, especially speaking on athletes who, you know, I – like during my time have always treated me really nicely or um, who I perceive as like a good person. Yeah. Um, You know, like I get asked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. They're like, oh, what was Aaron Rodgers like? Well, I know a lot of people who hate him and I know people who are indifferent and I know people who like him. Um, And I can only go off my personal experiences and I never had a bad experience with Aaron Rodgers. And we did have one or two maybe informal conversations. Um, and like thing and things that he, he went out of his way to talk. It wasn't me going up to him and be like, "Hey, how's your day, buddy?" Like, no, it, I was wearing an Angels hat in the locker room one time, and he was like, "Are you an Angels fan?" And I was like, "Well, I'm kind of like a bandwagon fan." And he was like, "Explain." And I was like, "Well, my best friend since third grade is the first baseman for the Angels, and so I'm watch a few Angels games, and I'm an Angels fan because of him." He's like, "Wait, I'm more baffled. You're friends with someone from third grade? Is that true?" <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, like this kid sat next to me when I had lice in third grade and we're still friends to this day. And I go to any Angels games and he was like, oh, that's really cool. And like, but he didn't have to talk to me. Yeah. You know how often that actually happens? And you're telling me Aaron Rodgers wanted to take the time to even converse with me? Okay, like I have nothing bad to say about him. Now, have I seen him pop off on reporters? Absolutely. But that wasn't my interaction. So I can only go off how I've interacted with people. He's an interesting example, too, especially mm-hmm. you know, in the last two, two and a half mm-hmm. years. Um, I don't know all the details, but I did see him in an interview when he finally explained in detail and step by step in some of his comings and goings internally with the league, externally about the vaccination and the COVID thing. And I, I will say when you hear what he went through versus what was reported, it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um Granted, I don't know how much of this. Is. Again, I can't even repeat it. There was it yeah. was like a fifteen minute explanation, so I can't remember. I don't remember all of it, but I do remember. I was like, "Oh, I never heard that part. I never heard this part." The, it was something that was medically driven, not mm-hmm. politically driven. But what got relayed to everybody was this, that, and I think that that did lead to a lot of Aaron Rodgers hate. Yeah. Um, but again, that goes back to what's picked and what's actually re- re- reported. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, and I, I don't know. So I'm just like, 
I'm cognizant about, you know, the work relationships I build when I'm in locker rooms, when I'm talking to athletes. You know, I want to come across as someone who is about her business but also doesn't take things too seriously. Um, and I'm just trying to do my job the right way and the fair way. And hopefully, you know, um, people can see I'm genuine and honest through that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. What do you think uh, – what have you noticed about covering Cleveland sports versus other places you've been? Man, these poor fans. Aside from the muni lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> that you know, apocalyptic it was, parking lot that we have. <laughs> bro, it's crazy. I remember the first time. So I had <laughs> – it was my first Browns game, and I had to do a live shot from the muni lot because that's, like, the only place we could go live. And I did not want to be there because, like, I'm reporting about the game. I don't want to be heckled by a bunch of drunk fans. Um, but it was hot, but I had to look professional. So I had tennis shoes on with some, like, work-appropriate shorts and a blazer. And I had, like, my work bag and my credential on, and I'm trucking through the muni lot. And this story is so funny. And I don't think I've told anyone in it, but I will. So I'll walk. And, and this guy stops me. And he's like, bitch, where are you going? Work? I turned my head and looked at him and like all his friends are like laughing, looking at him. And I said, bitch, I might be. And I kept walking because I was actually going to work. And that was just like, I was like, dang, I just need to get through this and get done and do this live shot. Um, but what is different about Cleveland sports than, so when I was leaving Green Bay and coming here, they specific, specifically asked me what about Cleveland sports was enticing and I covered the Green Bay Packers, who are arguably one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. The difference between the Packers and the Browns is one has historically won a lot. And the only difference is where their passion com comes from and how they kind of exude that energy. Um Browns fans are so overly optimistic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually, when I first got here, I hated it because I was like, you guys made it to the playoffs for the first time in 20-something years. You're not a Super Bowl contending team. I just saw two teams go, good, good teams for the Packers, go to back-to-back -back <laughs> NFC championships, and they lost. What makes you think you make the playoffs and all of a sudden you're going to the Super Bowl? Because your roster looks like it? No. No, let's be realistic. It's usually because Winking Lizard opened early and they're serving <laughs> Bloody Marys. <laughs> but at, the longer I've been here, the more I've honestly grown to love it because there's no other way to operate when you're covering this team out of just hold, clinching to hope that it's different this year. It's a weird... Uh, have you seen the documentary about... Mm -hmm. it, it's when you really compile all of them together... Like all these things, like where people are like, we're cursed. All these so close moments. When you compile them all in like a 90 minute documentary and then show you're them like, to people, you're like, fuck. I think, you know, something too, like Browns is always going to lead in this town, but that makes me sad because I genuinely think, like, yes, people who are Browns fans are obviously Cavs and Guardians fans. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, especially, like, and I even like tweeted something out like this. 
the Guardians did not get the love and coverage they deserved last year. No, they don't. They really they didn't. They really, really don't. Um, and I remember after they clinched the division, I went out there and had to, like, one-man ban some interviews. I talked to, like, Owen Miller and Tyler Freeman, and Tristan McKenzie was out there. And I was just like, these dudes are, like, it sounds cliche, but, like, they're dudes. They're just, like, real guys. Um, and it was so refreshing and they're winning and they're having fun, but when they're losing, they're just like real. It was such a breath of fresh air from covering the Browns because when you talk to the players in the Browns, it's like, you feel like all of them think you're out to get them. And it's like, no, but also there does come a point where when you're consistently losing, you look like crap on the field and now people are speaking out. Yeah. The questions are going to suck. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like for, like, say, like a Miles Garrett or like a Nick Chubb, a figure that when they walk off a heartbreaking, horrifying, you can't believe this just happened, lost, and you're then you're like, oh my god, I'm about to get asked fifty well, really. Well, and bad then you questions. have people who are like questioning Miles Garrett's leadership, yeah. and for me, it's like that is unfair in my opinion. Why? Because you can't make someone a leader when they're not, and there's different types of leaders, and Miles Garrett is clearly a leader who leads by example on the field. He's going to go out there and bust his butt and try his best to play his hardest, and that's who he is. Yeah. Just like Nick Chubb isn't going to be a vocal leader. You can't make people they're not. So stop. I, I, that, that's like something that like kind of I'm passionate about because that's just like it's not how sports works. Uh, people think Well, people think that a leader is somebody that's making an impassioned speech before every single yeah. game or at halftime that big for the come from behind or at the last play of the and, goal line, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to say it. And like, I think a think lot of is. guys in this league are saying, you're in the league. This is a whole different league now. You're not in college. I shouldn't have to motivate you to go out there and play your best anymore. And it's kind of true. It true. But it's also a team aspect where you still want that motivation a little bit. And I think where the, that's where the Browns struggle a lot is like, especially defensively, they don't have like that rah-rah guy who has the credentials to be that rah-rah guy. Because let's be honest, like you can't be a Pooh Squad member is what I like to call, call this. <laughs> that was like the B team on my soccer team. We called it, I called it the Pooh Squad. Uh, so you can't be like a Pooh Squad player and being trying to ramp up people and be like, we need a leader. We need a rah-rah this, like get going, whatever. Uh, boot up the ass type of mentality. This is... You can't do that. It's got to be someone who has the credentials to back it up, who's probably getting paid the most. Money is such a thing in the NFL locker room no one talks about. It's, it's kind of like in college. You know, it's like, you know who's 100% scholarship, and you know no matter what they do, they're going to be starting every single game because they're 100% scholarship. Yeah. Money talks. It's the it's same, little different in the NFL. You have a price... Your price tag tells everyone in that locker room who's the alpha. And that's the reality of the situation. Do you not think it's that way for other sports? For like basketball and baseball? Or is it just more for football? No, I think it no, I I think it kind of plays into everything. I think what's different about an NFL locker room is there's so many more men. And most of those men think they're the alpha dog. The team is larger, yeah. yeah. And they all come as being the yeah. alpha at every team. Because so. think about it, like NBA, you have like five starters. There's probably total on the roster. Correct. And of that, depending on what team you're on, you know, Lakers, they got a few superstars. But guess what? Everyone knows who the one is. That's LeBron. Yeah. Right? And here, it's it, – and, and I bet you this is a big motivation for Darius Garland. But, like, it was Darius Garland. Now you have Donovan Mitchell. Oh, man. And where Darius lucks out is Donovan Mitchell is not a diva. 
No, for someone really who is not. a star player, a star player, you could not ask for a better personality to mesh. And so I think it's that's like that's what the dynamic difference is. I'm curious. I'm really curious what's going to happen with the Cavs. I'm very so. I saw this debate. It was is Donovan Mitchell the best Utah Jazz player ever? And I was like. I'm only saying no because I'm like if you stay there, but you got two. You just have two other people that literally played their entire career there, and Stockton and Malone. Stockton literally holds two records that I don't think will ever be broken. broken. I don't. I think it's in terms of assists. Take a, like a, a Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I think, is God still something like 1,500 assists behind John Stockton. It's just. It's it's impossible, and then you have obviously Carl Malone. But mm. then I swear to God, two weeks later, Donovan Mitchell had that seventy-one he, point game, and I'm like, God, maybe he is. <laughs> like it's I, it's on a, such a much bigger scale. But it's funny because like I look at the Browns when they got Amari Cooper, and everyone was like, Oh, that's so expensive. Like yada yada yada. And then you're going, Aaron Drew Barry's a genius because this contract compared to what Don, Devontae Adams got, and AJ Brown got, and Christian Kirk got. Like this is a steal. You look at what they did by going to get Donovan Mitchell. What a move. What I'm I mean I just I'm really excited to see. I'm, too, I'm what very excited here in where the next that team goes because I think he is the superstar they wanted but also needed because I think he's going to be a guy that's demanding but also not conflicting. Uh with any personalities. Yeah, I agree. He's not, he doesn't, at least from what I've seen and what I know, he doesn't seem to have that. It's not going to be the hair flip. It's about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which I think in the NFL is something you see a lot more in a sense of, um, especially when the season isn't going as planned. It hits a point where, well, I'm just here to get my paycheck. Yeah. It does. I see that a lot with the Browns, which is something I not, I never really saw with the Packers. Now they were winning and in the playoffs. But once again, that kind of just goes back to the same thing. Um, I also like, I don't know, not that I think any Browns players were listening to this, but and I hate it, but just to be completely honest and blunt, I thought the Browns team last year was soft defensively. Soft. That was a common theme. Like, I, not even on the field. Like, yeah. I just thought, like, mentally soft. Like, that's just kind of what I've seen the last two years I've covered them. It's like, dude, like, this is a big boys game. If you don't want to play, be gone. And if I can see that, what are we doing? Kind of be interesting to see where they go next year too, and but for different reasons and with the Cavs. Yeah, it's very. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone really knows what to expect. It's probably a good thing. I mean, that media lot will be filled. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be filled. But it's hard to put expectations on something that you don't really know what you it is really don't know i mean it's a this team is going to change a lot because of free agency yeah who knows what deshaun watson's going to look like i there's so many unknowns and deshaun watson is in a, is in a well we're all i guess technically kind of in a situation where the price tag that he has right now and the background he has that's not a guy we're going to be able to unload either so, here's so you either eat that hope it works out or i mean so I'm a very realistic person and this will go against a lot of like what, how brand Browns fans will like perceive things, but like, and even Cavs, like for example, 
for me as a reporter, if I had to put like expectation on the Cavs, it's making it to the playoffs mm -hmm. is good enough for me. That is an improvement from last year statistically. Like they, they're not in the play-in, they're in the playoffs, they make it. That's a step in the right direction. Like you shouldn't be too disappointed. Now people will argue, no, we got Donovan Mitchell. We got to win in the first round at least. Okay, fair. Like I hear you. Um, however, this is the first time I think in my career where Deshaun Watson is concerned that he has to perform now. There's no if, ands, or buts. When you get $230 million guaranteed, you better play your ass off. I don't care how long you haven't thrown a pass. I don't care what, I don't want to, I'm saying this lightly, but just, I don't want anyone to twist my words. Like, I don't care what you do off the field. You got to go perform. And guess what? The Browns didn't even care what you were doing off the field and they paid you $230 million yeah. Because you know why? They're banking on you to save this franchise. Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, the Haslam said, you are our guy to get us to where we need to be. And guess what? If you don't take him to the playoffs, I do not even want to know how this plays out. I And again, this is, I know you're relatively new to the city, but uh, we love to turn on quarterbacks here. Yes. And uh, I love watching it. But we've never really had a quarterback with that type of a price tag and, to... And, and, Turn Probably on. fair to say talent. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. 100%. So it's... Uh, I hate putting unrealistic expectations on players and teams. I'm very much like... Like the year... Uh, what was it? Not last year, but the year before when it was Baker and everyone was like, they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Everyone would be like, what's your prediction? I'm like, let me watch three games. Yeah, I'm probably only need one or two games. Let me watch a game or two. Let me see. Let me let me visually see what we have, and then I'll tell you. Um, kind of same with this last season. You didn't know what Deshaun was going to look like. You knew what you were getting with Jacoby. Everyone wanted to bag on Jacoby, but I I genuinely felt like Jacoby did the best he could. It it was not his fault in any way, shape, or form. And for him to operate how he was operating under the circumstances, gee whiz, come on. Like, no one, like, normal people don't understand the mental aspect of this game either. Um, yeah, uh, this season is just going to be so fascinating to watch. It is. It really is. And I, I it, it's always been our, our I, I guess that's kind of the NFL way. I, there's always going to be a lot of focus on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. But... I remember being when we drafted uh, uh, Johnny Manziel, and for six, seven games, you know, he wasn't starting. I can't even remember the name of the guy that was starting, to be perfectly honest. But he was a doable quarterback. You know, he wasn't breaking any records, but he had some flashes. You're like, cool, thanks. Was that, that the, like Brandon Whedon? Wasn't Whedon? I can't, I'll know his name if I hear it, but I cannot think of it right and now. Deshaun Kaiser was after Johnny, not Kaiser. Um, I cannot think of his name. There's but been so he, many. <laughs> there have been so many. That's the thing. And then um, uh, I do remember. So I just dumb luck. My wife and I got, I mean, as good a football tickets as you're gonna get. We were like on the forty yard line. We mm -hmm. were maybe ten rows up, and it was for Baker start. And he threw so many interceptions. <laughs> and he th he actually threw three. One was taken back because of a penalty. 
But in the first half, he did, and I mean, it went it just like that. Everyone's yelling this guy's name. Put him back in. Why are they playing Menzel? <laughs> I mean, it's just the way that that's just the nature of this, and the way that I'm sure it's like that everywhere, but it seems significantly the worse. The funny here. thing about Johnny being drafted here, so not to age myself, but I was still in college, and Johnny, I would hear stories about Johnny football while I was in school, like not good things. Like problematic things, like thought process problematic things, and I was like, "But you're gonna draft him?" Oh, like, oh, like you're gonna draft him? What? Like me? I have no connection to Johnny football, and I'm hearing these things, and you're telling me GMs and head coaches aren't hearing this? Oh, yeah. come on, come on! Oh, there were stories about him when we did draft him. Oh. Like down, I, listen, the down whole... at, he was staying, I think, down at the nine, maybe. Like that, I think that's yeah, where yeah, he yeah. lived. And I had friends, you know, the, the I had one friend that was like living down there too for some reason. He's like, yeah, I see that guy all the time around three in the morning, but I see him all the time. I had like that friend that was still partying, and that's like the he's like I run thing. Into him all the time. <laughs> My favorite thing about this is like doing what I do, but and I just have like a weird way of finding random stories. And, like, meeting people, and they'll be like, yeah, so, like, this one time. And you're just like, nothing is secret. Like, you can mm. you can really, like, if you operate in bad business, like, it's going to be around town. Someone's going to run their mouth, and someone's going to hear it. It's, yeah, Cleveland, again, Cleveland's not a huge, no, it's huge small. town. It's, it's small. It's just not. Like, I heard Baker Mayfield stories. I obviously heard the Manziel stories. Um, I surprisingly have not actually heard of the Sean Watson story. I have to assume it's because someone was just like, at least for this year, man, you got to fucking lay low. Well, and everything <laughs> he does is probably private, right? Like yeah. you're going to eat somewhere. You have your own private room. Yeah. You live on this private property in the middle of nowhere. If you need help getting in somewhere, he has someone to call who's going to get him in into a private. Like everything is just going to be so seclusive. Yeah. I mean, it has to be. At least for now. At least for now, until it isn't. He's gonna walk up to until them until the, the beginning. city turns on you. He's gonna walk up to them and be like, "I've been really good for like a year. Can I now just do what I want?" Well, per his Instagram, <laughs> I think he just goes to other countries and parties there. That's probably a safest bet. Yeah, that's probably what he should be and doing. For two hundred fifty million dollars, you can afford it. <laughs> God, what a life, right? What a life. <laughs> will never be me. No, it won't. <laughs> and that's the worst part. Is it like? Uh, it's just somebody again. I don't know him personally, but I can make a couple assumptions. And it's just I just can't imagine what that guy was thinking when he's with. I mean, I didn't wasn't really paying. I don't pay attention to Texans football, but mm-hmm. I knew what was going on with him. And when I like did a double take when I, I saw the story, I was like, No, that can't be. Did I get that guy's name wrong? The Texan guy. I was like, Nope. We knew full well what was uh what was behind this guy's curtain, and we're like. Here's 250. Come and on it, over. <laughs> the, the interesting thing was once he was shipped to the Browns, uh, my family splits time between Houston and Austin, and the Houston News like didn't even cover it. That's how over. They just wanted him gone. They, they wanted nothing to do with him, including Ugh. the team. They just wanted him gone. It was pretty divisive here, too. I actually do know. I, I know someone that has a show at, at Barstool, kind of like a fun mm-hmm. little Cleveland mm-hmm. Barstool, and uh, he was like, He's like, if we did, because this was before they actually got him, that the, there was talk about, like, if we do, it's going to be tough for me. Like, it's going to be tough for me to support and get behind the team. Like, I can't, these aren't things we can ignore. 
This is like if the Cavs drafted R. Kelly. (laughs) Just, it's just you can't deny some of these things. I got it was interesting when I would report during training camp, um, what we were seeing, just stuff out there, videos. I would get a lot of hate mail from people following me, being like, "As a woman, how can you support this man?" Yada yada yada. And I just, it, it didn't. It never bothered me because I know where I operate from. I have a job. My job is to be a reporter. And I report the facts and that's it, period. Um, me covering Deshaun Watson, it's just my job. Covering is not supporting. It's covering. Correct. It's your job. Correct. And if someone wants to take it as that, then they we don't think the same. Yeah. Um, so it is what it is. It's uh, and, and the reality, too, is you have to remember he was never taken to court. He was not indicted, and he settled the civil lawsuits, Yeah, most of them. Um, that's 20, how I'll operate. Yeah. I'm a fair reporter, and uh, that's how I see things. So if you want to come and hate for me being a woman in a male-dominated industry, doing a job that at times is difficult, then so be it. I'm not. I'm not. And if you want, if they want you to take it, that's a different job. That's an op-ed writer. Yeah. That, that's, not, that's not what you do. No. I'm a sports reporter. I'm yeah. not a news reporter. I'm not, you I'm know, not an investigative correct. journalist of yeah, correct. That, that's not it's, that, it's is, that is very different. You're um, literally asking me to do a completely different job that I don't. Yeah. Do. And at most stations, how that works is when there's stuff like I remember when I was in Green Bay, uh, if any Packers players would get arrested or anything, we didn't handle that. That's not sports. That's yeah. news. that's news. So news would handle it. Um, well, and I can see that, too, because what if you did? What if those did cross? Now you're, mm-hmm. and again, it's not that you're ignoring what happened. Someone else is covering it. Mm-hmm. You could maybe make it difficult to actually get access to some of the, you know, the the, the football related Correct. or sports Correct. related stories. Correct. Um, so there's there's that aspect, and that's how I like to operate. Is like, it's once again, it goes back to me not putting my opinion anywhere. That's not. It's not my job to be someone's karma. It's not my job to pass my opinion on someone. Yeah. My job is to report on the Browns fairly and report the facts to viewers so they can make their own assumptions. Yeah. Our job is the other stuff. Correct. And don't worry, we'll have our opinion. Yeah. We can you, go to listen, dish- I'm on Twitter, okay? <laughs> I see the Browns Twitter going off and some of you are hilarious. Some of you are wild. Um, it's, it's fun. Some of it's illegal. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, we can go to one of those posts right now and we can see. I can already tell you what the post will be. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he paid his debt. Never this, never that. How dare you support this? It'll be the same. It's just a confrontation like like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen some very, very, very. And like, I don't judge anyone who takes any sort of stance. You have to do what's best for you in every decision. And I will always respect that for people. And I can argue both sides. I, I can argue a legal side and I can argue a personal side. I mean, there's, there's a, it's not a, it's not a, a cut and dry situation. So, and you know, a, it's people wanted to get mad at a lot of different people when all this happened. For me, it was like, once again, I'll just leave it at this. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Yeah, that should be your motto. <laughs> yeah, but we're never gonna understand that. It doesn't matter. Like it people that are 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 taking in what you're putting out is not those distinctions are just they're just not there, unfortunately. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 unfortunately I think just part of your job, <laughs> you know, because we're not going to. I get and you know what, like 
if I cared about what every person says in my DMs, like I would be such a negative person. I I remember, I think when I was starting, I was getting some interesting DMs and I was talking to my parents about it. And my dad was like, just remember when anyone is ever messaging you on social media, it's probably some 45 year old man who lives in his parents' basement and has Cheeto fingers. And that is a visual I will never get rid of. That's all I think about. Anyone in my DMs, I'm like, it's probably a 45-year-old man in his mom's basement with Cheeto fingers. And, like, that's that's that. That hits home with me, too, because I'm a 45-year-old man and we're sitting in my basement. <laughs> but this is my home. And they, I haven't... Listen, there's, you don't have Cheeto fingers. <laughs> it's the Cheeto fingers for no, me I that have, really gets no, it. I have no like, Cheeto fingers. Sells the visual. Everything okay? else is pretty close. <laughs> But and but there are things like, I don't know, there's so many weird things that happen in this industry. Something else that happened to me when I was in Green Bay during COVID, I had a prison inmate email me over 32 times in a month. I finally had to reach out to the prison and like block him from being able to email me. And like, I remember looking up what he was in there for and it was like attempted murder of his girlfriend. And I was like, <sighs> yes, I'm going to sleep great at night tonight. So not marriage material. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not the future Mr. Burmaster. I can't even. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. See how I circled back there? I'm glad that you brought it back to <laughs> if I marry, he takes my name. That's a, I can only imagine some of the, the what kind of messages that you get. Oh, it's... Whether sports related, con- confrontational, or just like. I would really like to take you out. Like, yeah, that'll work via yeah, Twitter. Weirdo. I've never, I, I don't think anyone successfully shot their shot. It's too, no, that, no. It's, it's bad. It's usually, it's not great. No, it's, I remember I made the mistake one year of tweeting. Um, it was a play, was it the Tennessee game? The, it was Packers, Tennessee, or maybe it was like a playoff game. I think it might've been the playoff game between the Seahawks and, um, the Packers, and I tweeted something like, I'm just out here trying to find a connection like Rogers to Adams, which is like great tweet. And it picked up a ton of traction. But the amount of men who took that as an opportunity to be like, I'll be your, what did they say? I'll be your Aaron Rodgers. And I was just like, bold of you to assume you're the Aaron Rodgers in this, this situation. Like I have the keys to the castle. This is my show and you're my Devante. But anyway, that's besides the point. I don't I know. It's like this whole thing. I should be careful how I phrase that. Not everyone's going to be like, are you No, I like, think that's <laughs> – I remember uh, we had – I had a, um, I had a long mm-hmm. talk with uh, uh, Sam Roberts, uh, meteorologist. Yeah, the, I love Sam. So, She's so, so, so sweet. Cool. But, I mean, she told me a story about, um, you know, she's she got a message and someone's like, that color looks terrible on you. Like, she's – She's probably telling the everyone about like a blizzard that's coming uh-huh. and to like hunker down and get food and they're like red looks like shit on you. Like you can't Someone said I looked like Elvira on air the other day. Oh no, the most recent one. This was so good because it was kind First of true. Elvira is a huge compliment. I, I was like, there's worse things to be called. Elvira was hot. No, so <laughs> this was so funny. This was actually like two weeks ago, so it's perfect. Um I was doing a bunch of interviews and this is like my life hack. Whenever I'm really tired, I wear my glasses because I feel like you can't see my eye bags as much. <laughs> so I was really tired. I was doing a bunch of interviews. And sometimes when I just am really tired, I, I need to be wearing contacts, but I don't because they make my eyes itch. So anyway, it's wearing my glasses and I ended up anchoring the 10 and 11 that night. And some guy messaged me 
and said, uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin, but in sports, dot, 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 smash. And I took a picture of it and posted it on my story because the reality of that, it was a 10 out of 10 roast. I was like, wait, like, he's not wrong. I can, I can kind of see it. And I was like, damn, that's good. Like minus the smash part. But I was like, okay, like I got to give him his props. Like that was actually a good one. So there's always things like that. Um, obviously you get the dick pics. Yikes. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm all like, I don't know. <laughs> nothing you say is going to offend me. Like nothing you can do is going to offend me. The evolution of the dick pic has been, cause you know what? If you, if we reach out to somebody and just like, why'd you do that? I swear to God, I know what the answer, the answer is going to be. It's a numbers game, bro. If I send a hundred of these, and I get one response. Boom, I'm in. I. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't even know. Like, the first one I ever got was when I was in Lubbock, Texas. I could tell you the type of shampoo this man used, what bar of soap, what his counter looked like. I mean, he was showing me like everything. I was just kind of like, oh my god. And I remember I opened it at work. And I just screamed and my coworker can see my computer and he looks and he screams and everyone's like, what's going on? And everyone comes over to my computer and we're all just like, you're sitting there clicking the mouse. I'm like, how am I going to get fired? Like, what is going on? Um, now I'm not even phased. I'm just like, whatever. Like, this is just, it, it, go, it comes with the territory. You have to have such thick skin. Um, I'm so happy. I'm not an insecure girl because yeah. I can't imagine, like, the things people say in comments and stuff. I just let it roll off my back. And I'm like, to be honest, my family has probably said something ten times more mean than that. So you're going to have to try harder. Like, we got to be original these days. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I, I can't. Well, I mean, I kind of can. Because, again, like, your story, the one that Sam told me. I've had – I remember having um, uh, uh, an OnlyFans model on. Um, she was so sweet. Really young. But – I mean, even for 20, I mean, she was probably early 20s. I mean, just how together she was in terms of her plan and everything like that. And, but, I mean, she was telling me these stories about, you know, See, like See, I need what... to meet her because I'm fascinated by the evolution of, like, how much I can actually make off of feet pics. The amount of feet pics I get asked for. I'll tell you after. Yes. I'll tell you, Give I'll me I'll the details because I, I remember what, this made me so uncomfortable. So at the end of every show, we do a four shot and it's like this wide four shot and I'm on the end. So you have the two anchors. You can only see them like, you know, waist up and then you have weather. So the weather person and me on the other side. So you can see me from head to toe and someone commented on my ankles and it's not even a close like you can't really see my feet but they like commented on my ankles and like my toe crevice that comes out of my pointy heeled shoes and I was like and they were like you know it was like delicious whatever they said which makes me laugh because I'm very self-aware I have a bad pair of sausage hands like sausage sausage fingers and I have cankles like I got bullied by my friends in high school for having cankles and I'm, like, not based by it anymore. I'm, like, I have cankles. I played soccer. I rolled both my ankles so many times. There's no ligament left. Like, it is what it is. But for someone to, like, th- out of, like, this 10-second shot, that's what you take away. Oh, oh my God. This just triggered another one that happened when I was in Green Bay. This is the creepiest thing that's ever happened to me. This man took a picture He was like, hello, beautiful, loved watching you tonight. And he sent me two pictures and he was in bed 
And the TV's on and I'm on the TV. Oh, Christ. No, there's nothing. Just it, This is just weird. And he has the sheet up, but his sheet is covered in bird shit. And he has a bird, like it looked like a, like a dove or a pigeon, sitting next to him. And then there was another bird in, um, in a cage near the TV. And that was the first picture. And then the second picture was like this pet dove that he had on his lap. And he had his hand around it. And it was like Penelope. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was like Penelope. Penelope loves watching you too. And I just remember being like, what is this? And I remember sharing it with all my friends and they were just like, what in the world? Like you could not make this up. That is probably the weird, like even besides dick pics, people saying stuff about my feet, that one might always take the cake. And you know what? (laughs) That guy's obviously a murderer, but there's nothing in the photo that's illegal. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, what do what do you, you can't report him. If I go to a police officer, I'm like, yeah, his dove Penelope made me uncomfortable. He was petting his dove and talking to me, and like, and watching me on TV. Like, I, it's oh, I forgot about that one. That, yeah, that's it's like, like there's nothing illegal. It's horrifying. It was. I, I've had an inmate reach out to me here too, uh, but like that is, I don't know. I'm like that doesn't seem. <laughs> How bad is this going to come out? Uh, that doesn't even seem as weird because, you know, you probably get like an hour of TV time in prison and they're probably watching the news oh, yeah. and they probably saw me. And then during computer time, that's when they message me their inmate number or whatever. And that's that. Like, I know how that thought process works. I don't know how the thought process of let me sit under a sheet with bird poop with my pet dove Penelope and watch you do sports. And that person's not in prison. How that's supposed to make me? You will be eventually for something. <laughs> Animal cruelty. I don't know what. But the um, the inmate one is funny because because I, I I just picture them all kind of sitting around like what's up? Yeah, send her my inmate number, bro. I'm just waiting now. <laughs> you know what's yeah, funny? Yeah, Burmaster. Yeah, I hit her up. <laughs> when I get bored, I definitely look up like what they're in prison for. And this guy, what was his name? This guy's name was Kevin. I can't remember his last name. The only reason I remember that is because I have a friend named Kevin and we joked about it. And um, Kevin was in there for like motor vehicle stuff, drugs. And then there was one in there like like way down. There were like six charges. There was another one that was like sexual assault. And I was like, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Now I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, don't ever go to the uh, the sexual offender site. In I don't. I d- Looks like a fucking birthday cake. Golly, <laughs> they man. They are everywhere. I'm from Texas. I just want to reiterate that. Take what that Don't from mess. we will after this conversation. Yeah. There's a saying about <laughs> Whatever you from think Texas. this is, this is not it. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the jokes fool you. I'm ready all the time. I will t- I will do what needs to be done to protect myself. Yeah, those uh <laughs> yeah, I know. I've never uh, I, I I don't know, man. I, th- that's something I've never really understood. I I, well, I think most people don't, but like I could go to like pages of like uh like past guests, like female past guests who will just post a photo of themselves and you just scroll down to all the comments. You're like what did you think was going to come out of this? Like she was going to read this and be like, oh, hello. Hello to this man. Hello. No, I would like to see it. I will say it makes me laugh like. (laughs) Eggplant fire emoji. (laughs) Oh, thanks. You have like, 
sometimes it, the the comments are really funny. I have a friend; she's the sideline reporter for the Rockets, and so now every time we comment on each other's pictures, it's like, "Oh my gosh, beautiful goddess, love you, angel baby." Because like sometimes that's how guys comment; and yeah. it's like in all caps. So we'll do that to each other as like just an inside joke. And then I remember I texted her one time. I was like, "You think this is ever going to cause like compliment issues when we're in relationships one day?" She's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I don't know, like." If my boyfriend calls me cute over calling me a goddess, ma- meanwhile, this man who does not know me calls me a goddess. Psychologically, you're just like, why is Bailey more into me than you? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, what's going on here? Come on. Like, you got to up your compliment game. This guy over this Joe Schmo, I don't yeah. know. He's sending eggplant emojis yeah. on my comments. What are you doing? Your boyfriend's like, nice pants. You're like, nice pants. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, like I'm, I like this. Birdman says I'm a goddess. It, well, and it was funny because this is a conversation we had recently. I went on vacation and this guy came up to me, like interested, getting my number, fine, whatever. And he was like, "You're such a cutie, hmm. right? Right?" I texted my friend. I was like, "That's what you say to kids." Thank you, thank you, thank you. you like know what else that is was a cutie? my dog Ross. Thank you. That was my point. Is like no, I and first of all, like this man obviously did not know me because I don't couldn't tell you the last time a man described me as a cutie. It was when you were a child. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And even then, I was a little bit of a menace. So, uh, yeah, calling. I was like, what are we doing here? That 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 wasn't. What are it. the acceptable words? I, I feel like you can go too high or too low. It like, totally depends on the situation. Yeah. Like, in that situation, I knew. What he, what his, like, I was literally sitting by myself on this bench. I just got done snowboarding, was undoing my boots. And he came out, or he kind of saw me through the window and waved. And so I waved. And so then he came out and he was like, where are you from? And people don't do that. So I already knew off the bat. I was like, oh, he's interested. Like, he wants to get my number. And so we were talking. And he's like, well, what are you doing tonight? I was like, I don't know. I'll be out and about. He's like, well, can I get your number? And, like, we can link up or something. I was like, yeah, sure. So I gave him my number and he goes, great. I just like saw you. And I was like, you're such a cute cutie. I had to come say hi. Uh, just like that, guys. Just like that, guys. Just it can like all that. fall apart. It can all fall apart. Yeah. it's. That's I've something. always, because, you know, I've heard people say things. I've even, in public, you know, sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I hear someone hitting on and I know the part where it went wrong. You know, even like like the word beautiful sometimes in the wrong context and in the wrong like like at, at a at a weird time it just it doesn't work. It's you know yes, like, cool and that's it's, good. Well, I had to. I mean, you're beautiful. Like, ugh, and it's down. all dependent like on the setting and if you're, if the girl's actually interested in the guy. Oh, I there's no that is a television show that hasn't been created that should be created and it's called she's not interested. <laughs> And the guy doesn't get it. It's, Can I it's, tell you my not interested story? Because this happened like a month ago. Okay, so I have a bad habit of doing a lot of things by myself because I just, my hours, my work schedule, yeah. I have no problem. Like, I will go to the movies by myself. I will go to dinner by myself. It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It's not weird to me. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm cool with that. So I had gotten done with a long day at work, but I was working a day shift and I was really hungry. So I went to uh, this I'm just going to say an eating establishment downtown. And I sat at their bar and was eating. And I have to bring up this hat that I was wearing because it became a thing in every conversation I talked to with a, a man that night. But it was just like this random old hat. I guess it could be looked at as like, um, it, it looked kind of like a military style hat, but it had nothing to do with military. I know what you're talking about. Okay. So anyway, I'm sitting there, I'm eating this first 
older man, older, like 65 comes up, starts chatting to me, very sweet, an attorney downtown. He's meeting up with some of his guy friends. They do it every Thursday to talk sports and whatnot. He finds out what I do. He asks to get my number because he wants me to meet his friends. I didn't, I don't think he was like flirting with me. He was just being like a kinder, older gentleman who was into sports and liked our conversation. Um, and we were talking about Bucky's. Don't ask me why we were talking about Bucky's, but we were talking about, do you know what Bucky's is? You got to Google it. It's a whole Texas thing. We're not going on a Bucky's rant right now. No, it's just, okay. But that's, I knew it was a Texas thing. It's but like, I can't. A, well, and I think it's in the South now, but it's a big gas station, but that's it's like it way more than a gas station. I've seen the sign. Correct. Okay. So um, we're talking about Bucky's, and halfway through the conversation, <laughs> he goes, Bailey, do men your age find you intimidating? And I said, well, insert his name, keep him private. I said, do you find me intimidating? He goes, yes, and I'm not even trying to hit on you. And I said, okay, well, let me ask this. Why do you think I'm intimidating? And he said, well, you're very striking, but also you're a great conversationalist. And a lot of women your age don't have that attribute. And also your job is tells me, you know, a lot about sports and that's very cool. And like, it takes a strong willed woman to do that. And I was like, well, thank you. There's a lot of compliments in that, but I don't know why that makes me intimidating to someone. Okay. And he was like, touche. And we moved on with our conversation. So that's kind of where I went with it too. <laughs> Was first of all, I think striking is a really good word. It was I, I. It wasn't like I didn't take it any. Like I was just like, oh, that's a great choice of like wording. Yeah, like, striking is like it's it's eye catching. It's 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 double take. It's and it's uh, not like a sexualized word. No, it's not. So it was like a very yeah tasteful way of yeah. saying that. Okay, like cool. a, a lot of those other kind of complimentary attractiveness type words can just be. Well, we just unpacked cutie. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> But even like beautiful, which is kind of a nice word, can be kind of creepy. And Striking, it's, I, I, it's you almost have to purposely try to make it a stupid way. Correct. Of, okay. Correct. Um, yeah, he fucked up. Um, because in my opinion, because when I was hearing, I was like, I already kind of know where this, this is going. Because she was wording as if I'm just so surprised that you're well spoken and no sports. Yeah. Um, which is a kind of like Mad Menish '50s type vibe. Now, and, and I, I don't think it was intentional. He no, may not no, even no, know no. he was doing it. And I think, and I think, a, like <laughs> I've had a lot of experience at this point. There's a difference in how he was coming across in that moment versus men who are always like, "Oh, you know sports," you know, like, and then we go through that route, and that's usually where I like absolutely go to town on this man and educate him. Well, you said he was older? He was. Okay, so in, in that, look. Like, and, and married, and like, yeah. so like. I don't think he was hitting on you either. No, um, I but, think he was just getting to yeah. know me. I think he was But there is still, interested. and this was always going to exist. This will exist with you and people in 20 years. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be an age gap in terms of relation. And again, I don't think he was like, you know, normally, <laughs> I'm just so weird. You're not making a sandwich. You know, I think he was just, I think well, he was, it was paying you a compliment. It was but... one of those things, too, of like, am I intimidating or are you intimidated? He's intimidated. Correct. Yes. Um, so this man ends up leaving. And this next guy, oh, this is like my pet peeve. So I'm at the point, I, everyone should know this. I am an extrovert. 
but I have introvert tendencies. So when I'm an extrovert, I love to talk, socialize, go out. I hit a breaking point where I'm overstimulated and then I like hermit for a day or two and don't want to talk to anyone. And I do this cycle over and over. Yep. So after talking to this man, I'm kind of like, all right, I want to eat my dinner. I want to go home. And there's no one else at this bar enters this one man and he sits right next to me. He says, can I sit right here? And the, I, I should have said no. Where? Wait. It's mm. a long bar. Mm. And it, there's open seats everywhere. Nope. And he said, can I sit it's like right sitting here? sitting next to me in a movie theater that's empty. Correct. Or like working out and all the treadmills are open, but you want to run right next to me. Weird. Correct. So, but I, <laughs> I, I, so this other man was not the first time someone's called me intimidating. So I'm trying to be more approachable, more yeah. nice, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. So what do I do? I pick up my phone, kind of give the signal of like, don't talk to me. Yeah. I'm in the middle of something. Correct. He looks at me and says, hello, I'm so-and-so. And I said, hi, nice to meet you. And um, he starts asking questions and we start having a conversation. Um, and... One thing leads to another, and it becomes a deep conversation pretty quick because I find out he's an ex-military guy. Okay. Um, which nothing against that, nothing at all. But like, a lot of times when I talk to these type of people, there's a lot of trauma behind that, and rightfully so. Can be for sure. Correct. So um, we start talking about war, and I'm like, all right, this is just like I don't know. This is not what I, I was like. I need something. Can I have my goddamn fries? <laughs> Right. I'm like, I really just want to eat this fried chicken right now. Lord have mercy. Um, and he, following a, a brief conversation on that, um, we're talking about a bunch of other things. He kind of interrupts me like the previous guy does and says, what are your mother and father like? And I was like, kind of baffled by it, but I kind of had an idea of where he was going this. And I was, but I was like, why do you ask that? Because first of all, I know why he's asking it, but second of all, that's a heavy question to ask, and I was a little uncomfortable with it because I don't know this person, and I don't plan yeah, on ever talking keep to them it light, again. Bro, we're really in the preliminary stages of something that's going nowhere. <laughs> and um, he was like, "Well, you just have a great head on your shoulders, um, and a perspective that a lot of, you know, people your age don't." And this man is probably like forties, so, and I'm twenty nine, about to be thirty. And can I ask, sorry, at yes. this point, how long have you been speaking? Uh, 10, 15 minutes. No, sorry. Yeah. You don't know if someone has a good head on your shoulders after 10 or 15 no. minutes. You're, you're on the surface. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying that you don't. I'm a psychopath, But you sir. can't find that out in, in 10 minute casual no. conversation. But what I really wanted to say with him, you know, the, like the joke, it's like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, that's what I want. I want to be like, sir, this is a Wendy's. I don't know what you think this is, but this is a Wendy's. Um, and I was like. Well, you know, my parents are great. They did a great job raising me. Like, thank you for the compliment. But like, kind of like diverted. So long story short, I get, I'm waiting for my friend to meet me at a bar across the street. And so she finally calls me. She's like, hey, I'm on my way. I was like, perfect. I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'll meet you there. So I get up and go to the bathroom and I'm like, all right, I got to be strategic because I know he's going to ask for my number. So I'm just going to grab my jacket and go. I've already paid. I'm just going to go. So... I come back and he's ordering. I'm like, oh, he's distracted. This is perfect timing. Yes. I grab my jacket and I just like turn to go. And he says, oh, Bailey, wait. And he grabs my arm. 
I can't, it is one of my biggest pet peeves. If I do not know you, or it is like my first time meeting you as a man, you will know if I'm interested or not, first of all, because I'm, I'm no, no BS. I, I put it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do not put your hands on me. Do not put your hands on me. I don't care who you are. And so this guy grabbing me, I'm immediately like, oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. And he goes, I want to get your number. Oh, hold on. Pause this. We have to go back to something he said. During our conversation, he was like, oh, you're kind of new to Cleveland. Like, t- like, have you really seen the city? And I was like, well, what do you deem as seeing the city? And he was like, well, have you been to the art museum? And I straight up said to him, do I look like the type of bitch that goes to an art museum? <laughs> because I definitely don't look like that type of girl. So anyway, and he laughed. He's like, oh, well, you're missing out, whatever. So he asked he, back to him, grabbing my shoulder. He's like, hold on a second. I wanted to get your number. We can go to the art museum sometime. Which like makes me laugh because it tells me his lack of listening skills. At what point was I like, yes, art museum. That is my vibe. I want to go. It's like, I fucking hate sports. You want to go to a tribe game? <laughs> you're, not, you're not listening. No, correct. You're not listening. And so... He's like, let me get your number. Now, I am blunt in your face. We'll say what, like no filter in everything I do, except when guys ask me for my number and I don't want to give it to them. I like internally cringe and don't know what to do. But I knew I did not want to give this man my number. But I had already started saying like the first three digits of my number. But my mom has the same first three digits. So I gave him my mom's number. (laughs) And I left. And I immediately called my mom and was like, all right, I kind of I kind of messed up. And she's like, what? I was like, this man, enter his name, is probably going to text you. When he texts you, don't respond. And the best part was my mom was like, well, he's going to text me. I have to respond. Like, because it's an older woman. It's she thinks mom. she has yeah. to respond yeah. to everyone. Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't know him. <laughs> don't, don't respond to him. So she was like, oh, my God, why did you do this? Why are you giving him my number? And I was like, I don't know. I needed an out, and this was an easy out. So just when he texts you, ignore him. And she's like, okay. So he texts me the next day. and To be fair, he texts her the next day. Texted, <laughs> texted, texted my mom. Shout out to Shirley Mrs. the next Bur- day. Mrs. Burmaster. <laughs> Mrs. Burmaster. And he was like, hey, it's so-and-so. It was nice meeting you at the bar. Hopefully you scared away any other boys with your intimidating personality and hat. Um, But since we had such a great conversation, I'm going to take you to the Cleveland Art Museum on Sunday at 730. And we're going to get a cheese board at, what is it, La Albatross or whatever. It is right by there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Also, if it's someone that you like, that's actually a really nice night. <laughs> it's a really good restaurant. So hold on, hold on, we'll get there. We'll get there. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. This is the best part because I'm such a menace. So my mom's like reading me this text. She was like, you know, I did look him up on LinkedIn. And I was like, and she was like, I don't know. He seems normal. And I was like, yeah, surely they all do until they're not. But here was my pet peeve with that whole text. First of all, I wasn't interested. So that was the, let, let's just get that out of the way. The other thing, and this has happened to me multiple times in the last year, I love, that is sarcasm, I love when men tell me what I'm going to do. As if I am sitting at home, twiddling my thumbs, waiting to be taken out on a date. What happened to, hey, what's your schedule look like? I'd really like to take you to dinner at 730 and then maybe pop by the Cleveland Art Museum if you're up for it. 
ask me what my schedule is. Like, I, I work. Like, I was working Sunday when he did this. And I'm assuming you covered a little bit about what you do. Yes. So again, I, so that's I not didn't... listening because that would tell me you have a, a very wacky, wacky, out of whack schedule. And I was very specific about how much I told him. I did yeah. not want him to know, like... I spelt my name wrong in his phone on purpose. I like didn't, I told him I worked at a news station as a reporter, but like didn't get into the depths of what I do because especially when I tell people I'm in sports, it can get weird. Um, so I was very like trying to navigate everything. So, but like, that's not the first time a guy has been like this day at this time I'm doing this. It also is like, I can read it like the back of my hand. They do this because they don't want to be rejected. You don't give me an option to say no. And when you don't give me an option to say no, there's only one solution. Also, women who don't have a backbone, like I I had a guy buy tickets to something kind of pricey and not ask me if I was interested. Just said, hey, I bought us, t- I remember you saying you were off this day, so I bought us tickets to this. And I was like, wow, that's really thoughtful of you, but I have plans. And he never asked. And I hate that. Like, Like, I have a life. I'm not waiting around waiting for someone to take me out to dinner. And so I, I just don't know why that's like a concept I even have to discuss. Well, I th- so here's what I think. <laughs> is that every, I, go I for it? I don't, I don't care. No, I don't want to cut you off. No, I just said that's. I'm that's also fine. very sorry that I touched you very early on when. Uh, but no. I was, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's different. That's different. That's different. You were taking my coat. No, that's just, different. Uh, you were just like, I mean, if I don't know you, don't touch me. It's and mostly I'm like, like I touched cl- her. Four minutes in like the at a club or a bar and a guy. I know, yeah, like, I know you, you know mean. what I mean. You know I know what, what I mean. you mean, but even like, and so just so everyone knows, what happened was she was wearing her coat and it's kind of like a like a, 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 a like a longer kind of like trench wool coat, trench yeah. coat. And I have dogs and there's hair everywhere. She was about to sit down and I grabbed her arm because I didn't want her to get the hair <laughs> all over because Roscoe's hair will stay with you forever. Listen, Roscoe but even when fine. I touched you, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> It's the energy I gave immediately. I was like, we're fighting. It's on. I grabbed a stranger's arm. Just go out today and grab a stranger's arm. It no, doesn't feel but right. You, but, you even, but you even apologized after, too. You're like, sorry, I didn't mean to touch you. Like I was like, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. If it was, I would let you know. I was so uncomfortable touching you. But so... I think that there is still a thought. Because you said he was a little older, like 40-ish. This guy was. The guy who bought the tickets to an event uh, was like two or three years younger than me. Okay, so there may not be an excuse for him. <laughs> but that's just poor planning. But I think there there is still a thought among some men that they think that it's an alpha move to like order for a woman, make plan, take charge. They're like, some women like people to take charge. And I think that's but it Correct is. Correct to a degree. Correct. It's it's like for me, planning it is great. But ask me, for like be considerate of for me. Correct. And telling me what to do, which yeah. I don't do good with authority <laughs> like that. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like you're not going to come over here telling me what you think I'm going to be doing. Okay. <laughs> well, and it's also, it's back to the fucking museum thing where you made jokes. Okay, wait. Like, so here's the I best don't. part. The also, best part I feel like you say museum different than I do. Do I museum? Yeah, that's oh, different. Museum? Museum? You're like museum, museum and I'm like museum. I'm not saying one of us is right or wrong because I don't know who it is. <laughs> it I, might be me. Is, this is the best part. I had a girlfriend come into town and she was like, well, what are we going to do to kill the time on this day? I'm like, 
I'm going to take you to get a cheese board at La Albatross and then we're going to go to the Cleveland Art Museum. And it was a great time, but I, I wanted you. nothing to do with going with that guy. <laughs> she had a text him later. Like, I am the worst. I am I am such a you know what for doing that. You should have texted him later and be like, so I didn't go with you, but you were right. This was a great idea. This is a great idea. I was I actually had a lot of fun and I thought it was really cool. But like <laughs> the best part is I was walking with my girlfriend through it and she was like, So could you do this on a first date? And I was like, Not with that guy. Because he would take it seriously. He would ask me, like, what do you think about this painting? And I'm like, I don't no, like it looks cool. I want to take a picture of this, but I know nothing about this. And he would like, it's just like, no, I would never want to do this for a first date. Like it's Italian. Like, shut up. I see it's from Italy. It says right below it. <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I've been so not on a first date in legitimately north of 15 years. It so, is so trash. So it I is, don't, I, I was not, I'm not even fucking around that this was a real thing. This is something that I've been planning and the more you're talking about it, the more I, I want to get you involved, because uh, I think it'd be fucking hilarious. Oh God, I'm nervous. Well, no, don't no. It, it's like a, like a, it'd be like a fun event, but like so the the podcast that I did earlier was these two girls that do a music podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of theirs, and we got to know each other. We had like a great two hour conversation, mm-hmm. just joking around about stuff. But one of them is single, and <laughs> we started joking around because it came out. I think I mentioned it to you that somebody had propositioned her from high school yeah. who was in a relationship. She wanted them to be in a thruple. Yeah. And then we just started talking about just everything. And she's like, yeah, dating is a nightmare right now. Oh, I can't even. And like, I'm, I'm such a sarcastic asshole and I'm a straight shooter. Like, let me put it this way. My personality alone takes my dating pool from like this to this, because I'm going to weed through the BS so quick. And like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm intimidating. I just think like most people say they're about that life and they're not. Yeah. So it's a lot, but I'm also like, I'm not balls to the wall all the time. Right. I also think that some people think that it's a compliment to tell someone that they're intimidating. Yeah. I do. I, I'm, and I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with that? Well, they also, <laughs> I don't think a lot of those people also, there's a flip side to that coin. If you say, you're intimidating. Sometimes I'm just like, does that just mean you're just easily intimidated? Because I don't think I'm intimidating. No. Like and I, all of a sudden you just took yourself out of the pool because you're like, well, I don't want to be with somebody who's easily intimidated. Like I can't tell you how many of my friends will be like, when I didn't know you, I thought you were so mean. Like I was so scared of you. And then I got to know you and I was like, oh, it's Bailey. And I'm like, yeah. Well, so I, and I think maybe people interpret it because of your your job, not because yeah. of your the, your actual job, I, but I think because of the characteristics that you have to have in your job, the constant eye contact, yeah. the you know, you're, you're you're not abrupt. I, I don't think that that's. I, I, but I mean, the, you're and you're not even forward. It's just kind of forthcoming. Coming, yeah. And like you said, like people say, cutting through the BS. It's just like giving a straightforward answer to a straightforward question. I live my life by like nothing real can be threatened. So as long as I'm operating as my true self, like I'm never going to regret anything. I'm never going to be insecure. I'm never going to, you know, whatever. Um, Also speaking well and carrying yourself. That's an adult trait. You shouldn't be impressed by that. (laughs) (laughs) You should be impressed that you're talking to an adult. (laughs) And it's so funny because I genuinely get uncomfortable about what I do when I date or like when I talk to men. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been at a bar and people are like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I'm a sports anchor. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. So, like, what do you think about this? And then all we talk about the rest of the night is, like, sports. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, this is, like, I, I do this every day. And, and sometimes it works, like, I don't mind it. Like, I don't want to sit here and say I don't, I hate talking sports at, yeah. like, the bar. I don't. But it's, like, 
all of a sudden that's all they see and that's all they care about. And they're like, oh, this is so cool. Like this girl's cool because of what she does. And I'm like, actually, that's probably like one of the least cool yeah. things about me. I'm also an amazing dancer. <laughs> Listen, like there's <laughs> a lot out. you don't know. Okay. Um, so there's, and if I, I will say this, I, I'll, I'll be honest, whenever I'm out and I'm not into a guy and they ask what I do, I have a few different personalities that I choose from. So we have Sophie, who's just accountant. She's like really soft and cute and whatever. Like Sophie is, if that needs to be. Or um, I made up Rachel the travel nurse. Just in case like when, when I'm interested in, when a guy's like trying to get to know me and I want nothing to do with him and I don't know how to like divert the conversation. I'm like, oh, well, Rachel, I'm a travel nurse. And that actually started from a guy here who was like, oh, you must be a travel nurse. And I was like, yes. Yes, I am. But, but, <laughs> but like, what vibe about, am I giving off? I don't know. I told my mom, I was like, what part of me? Do I seem like a healer that doesn't sit still? Do, do I seem <laughs> like I care about other people and like want to save their lives? Because apparently that's the vibe I was giving. Yeah. Off. Unfortunately, you inadvertently picked what two what guys would assume are like two like super sexy fantasies. You got the nurse and then you're like, what, the quiet librarian, basically. <laughs> so you didn't you weren't so trying listen, to do it. There it is. Some like, guys just like. She's like quiet. She like does math. You know those girls are well, freaks. And to bring it to bring it back full circle, that's the best part of whenever I do use Bailey. Yeah. They can never find me on like social media because they look. They spell up, it wrong. They spell it wrong. Oh my god, that's genius. <laughs> so that's what I do. I always I never give my last name and I always spell my name wrong if it like is that type of situation. That's oh how bad god. it is out there. That is how bad it is out there. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, again. <laughs> well, even just this, I mean, some of these things, but I mean, it, it, you can put a guy in your chair too and kind of do the same things because they'll interpret things a little bit differently, incorrectly, mm -hmm. wrongly. They'll read the wrong sign. But like some of the things that you mentioned, in my opinion, I think were kind of basic. Well, uh, so I, I'll say this though, too. Like if I'm being totally self-aware, I do like great conversation. Yeah. I could talk to a wall. So I could see a lot of guys mistaking like good conversation and me keeping the conversation going. Yes, we're very stupid. as like a yeah. door open of like, oh, she's interested. And honestly, a lot of us sometimes we're just so amped when a pretty girl's talking to us. We're so blown away. Like, I think she's into me. She's answered every question. Like that's just being polite. <laughs> but and, you know, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of us are just so we're insecure. A lot of us. I was. I still am. I, I'm just, I, 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 I am like, you know, when I was trying to talk to a girl, it was a fucking nightmare. I could not, I was not a cold calling person that could walk well, up to scary. a girl and talk to like, them. Like, let's very not, scary. let's not act like it's not scary and rejection sucks. So like, I totally get like, that's why I'm always, I try to be very, I try to be, this is, I've grown up a lot, but like if some guy would hit on me with something weak, I'd be like, you know, I'd say some smart ass thing i don't do that anymore because i realize like it takes a lot to come up to a girl it does. and i should be nice and whatever now if you say some out-of-pocket i'm gonna put you in your spot like nobody's business yeah. i remember one time like it's happened to me a few times it's crazy it's like we'll talk sports and some guy will literally say well like girls don't know sports so like you know and i'm like all right and now i just kind of walk away but like I used you're to like well you don't know women fuck <laughs> off <laughs> like I, it gets to a point where i feel like i would have to say something but you know i i take it more into account like okay this is a lot harder to do but i know it's really bad i like no longer care i i just like i'll talk to whoever and and, and it's like it's one of those things of like if i want to talk to you i'm gonna go talk to you and i'm not afraid like and if you like 
if you reject me or you're not interested, you're not interested because I'm actually interested in people who are interested in me. Yeah, it's a numbers game. Yeah. The more no's just you, like that dude. What, there's a TikTok picks. where it's like <laughs> there's a TikTok where it's like every no gets you closer to that one yes. Like if I told you you had five no's to find your soulmate, you're gonna try and get through those no's as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kinda like, oh whatever. I and I <laughs> maybe I operate from delusion. I'm like, well, and if you're not interested in me, you're a loser. Or you don't like That women. was my general. Or they were gay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, Oh, that's so you're not into men. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> like that's 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 where I land. I'm like, oh okay. how else could you not be into this? You well, obviously you know, are kind into of girls. delusion. You're like, well, I'm great. I know I'm great. Yeah. My mom tells me I'm great. So like screw you. If you're yeah. not interested, that's a you problem. Do you know how good I was problem. at basketball in high school? <laughs> you're about to, so I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> but like those like those two the, the well, this the the second guy that you mentioned, I mean, yeah, that that's a I don't know. I, I feel like you probably would know if somebody was I'm not saying like throwing crazy vibes at you, but you have to have a general understanding. Like if someone's getting up and putting on their coat after what you interpreted as a really good conversation, she clearly has no problem leaving this amazing conversation. Well, I don't know. Maybe this is just me. I'm also like, can we just like be up front? Like what happened to me being like, wow, I really enjoyed your com- like this conversation. Can I get your number? It's really that easy. Like, and I think people like, they're like, oh, a pickup line. What do I say? Your name. <laughs> like you literally just come introduce yourself. It's not that hard. I mean, it is, it, it's terrifying, but it like terrifying. you don't have to come up with like a. Do you fall from heaven? Yeah. Because I bet your clothes would be wrinkled on my floor. Fuck. What yeah. is it again? Are you a state? Cause you're the only tenant, whatever, you know, the, all that. Whoa. BS. Go back. What? I don't know that. Cause you're one. the only Tennessee I see or like Tennessee I see or whatever. You never heard that joke? I don't think I have. Are you a steak? Ten I see. Ten I see. That's what it said. Because you're the only ten I see. I don't get it. But no one hits on me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've heard a lot of bad stuff. Wow. Uh, yeah. Thank and like God. even when you think things are go going good. I'm really give my wife a big hug. <laughs> like thanks like for that. sticking this out. <laughs> well, and even when things are going good. I was talking to this guy a few months back. It was going great. Whatever. And there was a point where like. He's from a, a different state, and he was, like, trying to get me to come fly out to him. It was, it was a whole thing. And I was like, why would I do that? Because the last time we tried to plan something, like, you ghosted me. Like, you didn't show up, and you didn't text me the rest of the day. And he was like, I, we got into a debate about ghosting. And I was like, listen, I'm not here to debate the definition of ghosting with you. I'm just telling you, like, as a 32-year-old grown man, you can communicate better. And I felt like that was very fair to say. Yep. And, um, so he was like, well, I don't see you inviting me there and now I can't invite you here. And I'm like, no, what I'm saying is like, we're still getting to know each other. I don't feel comfortable coming visiting, visiting you for five days when like a week ago you were unsure when I was in town of seeing me. Well, also if you're going to do that, like, are, are you buying me a hotel or are you assuming I'm staying with you? We didn't even this make it that big far. Chance. We this didn't even, big... we didn't even make it that far in the conversation <clears throat> because I was like, he was like, um, well, I guess I'll just have to call you difficult on this one. And I was like, which honestly, that didn't even bother me. I was like, well, what would you say? I feel like I'm being really reasonable and honest with you here. Like, what would you say if you were me? And he said, well, I don't know how your little mind works. Yeah, we never, we, we don't talk anymore. Oh, it's a shame that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. Uh, well, yeah, no, you're not going to, but then another, this is another, and I don't think this is exclusive to guys or girls. I hear it from guys, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's also, then it gets, it's defensive. It's mm-hmm. a, you wouldn't want to come out here and visit me for five days. I mean, 
okay, that's weird, but no, I guess whatever. Like, but it, I also, it turned, I explained to him, like, we're still getting to know each other. I have a boundary if I don't feel comfortable enough with you yet to come visit you. There's a lot of logistics within that of like, where am I staying? Am I staying at your place? Are we sleeping in the same bed? Are you getting me a hotel? Are you paying for my flight? Or am I having to pay for my flight? Like, there's a, like, we're not there yet to have that conversation. And I'm not comfortable enough. And the one time where we were trying to meet up so we could figure out if we were vibing with each other, you stopped texting me two hours before we were supposed to meet. Like, what? And so now I'm trying to have like a grown conversation with you and you're going to divert to calling me saying I have a little mind. And I'm difficult. And I'm difficult. Because I don't want to just, you know, <laughs> spend X amount of like, are you paying for my flight? Have we worked any of this out? I don't like, I'm not going to lie. I don't even know if I like this man to want to spend five days with him. <laughs> I'm still trying to get to know him. I would want to spend five days with me. <laughs> That's a long time. Like... Bitch, what? Well, it's also like you just said it. Like, if you're still getting to know somebody, you don't want to spend five days with them. What if on day two you're like, fuck, well, this person it, sucks? It just showed me a lot of things. There's a lot of immaturity there. Oh, yeah. For him yeah, to not yeah, respect yeah. the boundaries I've set forth to being like, I'm not there yet. And I like. What was the distance? How far? Oh, uh, like, I'd have to take two flights to get there. Ah, uh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. And it, like, I, I, I genuinely still think like, comes from a good family, decent guy. I just think what I would need like emotionally and maturity wise from a man ain't it. But that's a huge commitment. That's a huge just that's just that forget the romantic aspect of this. That's just a huge time commitment. 5 days, two flights, maybe a hotel, maybe not a hotel. And this is after he like didn't show up to meet for drinks. Yeah, hard pass, man. We kicked that one to the curb. I would as well. <laughs> you know it's it, yeah you know but you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna just stumble upon like some dude and neither one of you were trying and then like an hour in and several drinks later you're like oh i didn't realize we actually are really vibing bless bless his heart my mom is like they're gonna be so opposite of you she's like you're gonna date the quiet kid from class that like no one even noticed and she's like because that's just what you need you need the opposite of you which i don't like i like to be challenged i like someone that like Let's me win when I need to win, but also tells me to sit the down when I need to be told to chill out and sit the down. Yeah, I just yeah, <laughs> I think uh, you you uh, you need that guy that just buys you tickets to cheese boards and and museums. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. I I mean, and the funny thing is that just probably doesn't even scratch the surface of like crazy things that have happened to me. But you're look at it this way. It's not too bad until you actually start responding to the DMs. Like, and you're just like, you know what? I normally wouldn't respond, but it's uh, getting pretty bare out there. What are you about? <laughs> I tell my parents, I was like, worst case, one day I'll just like settle down with a random guy. Like one of these, like, I feel, I do feel like that's what happens with women a lot. They hit a point where they're just like, oh, okay, I can't do it anymore. I'm just going to close my eyes and what's ever next. That's what, that's what we're doing. Um, don't go to your high school reunion. No, I feel like dude. that's where I feel like that's where it happens. I feel like people run into each other who have given up, and, and they're, they're like, like, "This is it." Oh, I remember you, history. Yeah, uh, you want to go to Chili's? Like, I feel like that happens. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you have two kids, and all you had was Chili's. You know, I have this experiment I do, which is kind of torture. But I love to. I have a so growing up in Georgia, 
it's like a culture thing there to where you get married really young. Like I have mm. so many friends that are married with kids, like multiple kids, um, which is great. Like do your thing. But I, I'm really blessed to have so many different friends from so many different friends groups. And so I have single friends. I have married friends that are still having fun, you know, and, and then I have, you know, married friends that have multiple kids. I, I see it all. But I love to ask my married friends, are you still in love with them? as much as the day like you met them. And I think I've probably asked like 12 people that and only two have come back with an immediate yes. And I find that so, so sad. So, so sad because I feel like the reality is in society, they tell you all the time, you know, you're supposed to go to college, fall in love, get married and have kids. Like, especially for women, like it's like your purpose is to get married and have kids. And like, it's, I'm not, that's an aspect of life. Right. Um, and I feel like people become so much more enamored with the idea of like this perfect family and this mm. perfect idea more so than actually like what the commitment means. And that's fascinating for me as I get older, because you hear like, you know, I don't know it's like folklore or lies, but it's like, I've seen it where it's like women in their, you know, late twenties and thirties, who are single are the most like miserable demographic out there. I've seen and heard that. That's a lie. It's a lie. Where is that poll coming from? It's a lie. Where is that poll data coming from? <laughs> and I'm going to pull a Cleveland here and I, I want everyone to keep spewing that lie to society because it's I true. cannot tell you. From Cleveland is only full of like three old women who are really unhappy. <laughs> don't move here. <laughs> well, you know, when it's like, we don't want to tell Cleveland people that Cleveland's cool because then everyone's going to move yeah. here. So it's the same thing with like, I don't want people to know that like the 27 to like 35 year olds that are single are actually living their best life. Like this is great. Yeah. That's a very, that, that's, that, that has become a very popular on these goofy dating podcasts. Like, you right. know, the, the fresh and fits and they're the, uh, secretly sad. they're so stupid. Like they're so sad. They're so lonely. And it's all those. Like, I don't understand when they're, I, they're lies. If but, I was lonely, I would be at the Cleveland museum with this guy and we'd be eating a cheese board, but I'd rather, I don't want to, I don't want to knock the cheese. The cheese board actually is really good at that. I'm place. not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't want to do it with this man. I would rather put my Christmas tree back up and tear it back down instead of go on a date with this man. Eesh. Correct. Like, that's just, like, a tedious task none of us want to do. Well, give it a year. You might want to call him. I don't <laughs> No, I, I, I agree. I, if you're that, I don't think you can be married that young. I just don't. You can't. I, I look back, and I think of, like, relationships I was in at certain time points and, like, the age I was. And even talking to my friends when I was in Georgia, we used to be like, oh, well, who do we think is going to get married first? And, like, what age? And I remember there's a point... My friends were like, well, I want to be married by 22 because I want to be a young mom. I want to have my first kid by 24. And me, I thought I was bold being like, I want to get married at 26. Oh, my God. Like, I can't imagine being married as a 26-year-old. Nonetheless, me at 22. I knew nothing. I still probably know nothing. But I think I know a lot more than I did when I was 22 or 26. Yes. And, like, I don't know. It makes me sad because it makes me truly believe there's a lot of people out there that truly don't know themselves. Because they never took the time to kind of like date themselves and do things for them. Most people don't, you know, the, the, you, you don't. I mean, that's the, I didn't know, uh, high school, obviously, I didn't know. 22, getting done with college, I still didn't know. Mm -hmm. 30, I was like, oh, God, what am I supposed to do? You know, I just, I didn't really have much to offer, mm -hmm. you know. I, and I think a lot of people are like that. Mm -hmm. I still don't know. I'm still, 
Like it's not like I'm. It's not like I know exactly what's happening. Like We're tomorrow. We're this shit. Yeah, I'm treading water, trying not to drown. <laughs> you know that. I'm probably, that's... I'm probably am drowning. I'm just trying to make it look nice as people walk by. And just well, wait. you have the best drown face I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Things are great over here. No one needs to know. No issues. Everything's fine. I love cheese. <laughs> I have it. And in a, a weird way of attracting chaos when I'm not actually like a chaotic person. Like my best friend calls me yeah. agent of chaos because there's always something that's happening that like, they're like, how do you get in these situations? And I'm like, I have no idea. Well, you know, that chaos, maybe even the experience or like being used to that probably helps you in your job though. For sure. Because your job is chaotic. Yeah, it is chaotic. That you don't have, you don't have a nine to five where everything stops. Like mm -mm. anything can happen at any given time. You're kind of in a way on call All the time. because of everyone else that I know, especially on the sports side of things. Mm -hmm you're kind of on call for stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, chaotic, yeah, definitely can be, but it, it, it certainly helped and aided in the, the, the success you've had in your career and will continue to do so. And then you just got to find someone else that's okay with the chaos, and there's plenty of people out there that are. <laughs> hey, listen, it makes for more fun. Hell yeah, and it does. what did I say? I'd love to live my life with a little bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're doing that, and you're on your way, and you keep doing it. I'm pretty sure you're going to keep doing it too. I always want to hear more dating stories about these because I'm, you know, it's obviously funny, and then I also just realize how lucky I am, <laughs> you know, because I do. I I know I've had plenty of like single people kind of talk about those things, and again, like the OnlyFans girls that have come on, they're all so nice and sweet, but some of the things they have to deal with, and and also I'll say every OnlyFans girl I know on here is married or engaged like they're in relationships yeah. um which is just another dynamic too but it just kind of shows what they're about oh. they're like i pushed through and fight and i found somebody that's fucking cool with me i had to start sharing my horror stories with my mom just so she knows i'm like hey like i know you probably think this is a me thing but it's not always a me thing no. i'm not saying it's <laughs> i'm not the problem some of the time yeah but it's not always just me <laughs> Well, I'm I'm a I, <laughs> this kind of turned into what I thought it would. Um, <laughs> no, again, but just again, because like I mean, right away, I mean, as soon as you walked in, I could tell you know you're you have no issue just kind of talking about stuff. And I do that these these are good episodes for me where we're talking about what you do because I'm very interested in what you do and how you got here. But then the way that it I happened you, is your personality came out and started seeing like what you're about personally, and then that translates and I think gave me an idea about how you handle your job by how you handle personal situations and your outlook on them too. So it gives me, even though we weren't really even talking about your job for like the last 45 minutes, it gave me a glimpse into how you do in your job for the last 45 minutes, yeah. if that made sense. Well, I try and, you know, it is hard to be totally myself on air. Sure. Um, but I try to be very much like what you see on Instagram, what you see on Twitter is very much the person I am like outside of work and yeah. on air to a standpoint. So uh, try, try to mix it all in there. Who knows if it comes across as gracefully as it should. Well, who knows? Maybe one day you'll have your, your HBO sports show and you don't have to be graceful. Listen. You can just be yourself and you can drop a couple F-bombs and still Listen. talk to all the cool people in Isn't sports. Isn't that the life? Heck yeah. That's what we all want. I would like that. <laughs> it would be fun. I would like this, but much on a l much larger scale. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this was fun too. It gets Good. it gets me on the other side of the chair, and not necessarily me being the pest pestering with uh, questions and interviews. And oh, whatnot. good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you came in. I hope you had fun. I had a being blast. Able to it was talk more of a conversation than anything. Perfect. Good. That's best compliment that I can get. So, um, 
everyone, so uh, every, I'm sure everyone knows at this point, March 24th is the live show. It is sold out. Um, again, uh, Brian Sternick, Brian Kenny, and uh, Bill Squire will all be performing. Uh, then we'll do the live podcast with Lindsay, Lauren, and Heather and Lays from the Burlesque Show. And then uh, Baker's Basement, um, who I released uh, today, um, is going to be closing with a song. So I do appreciate everyone coming out there. We have some more live shows coming up too, so stay tuned for that. Um, but the, 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 the live show at, at Jukebox is sold out, so we're, we're done with that. So we'll, But we'll have others in the future, and hopefully uh, we'll see you guys out there. Hopefully you'll... Happy to, to come on so too. You can probably fun. just come on and be one of the guests at one of the live shows too, because oh I feel God. like you. I feel like you dig it. Uh, it's just like this. <laughs> yeah, just more eyeballs. I'm sure. Hey, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. A lot of live eye rolls. You're like, oh, I can see how everyone's in real time reacting to I what reacted I'm saying. This. That's great. That makes me feel great about myself. <laughs> and where can everybody find your stuff? Yeah, uh, Bailey Burmaster on Instagram. Make sure Bay you spell Burm, it right too. B a i l l i e. Bay Burm TV on Twitter. And then Facebook's Bailey Burmaster as well. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for coming on. Oh, I appreciate thank you it. For having Hope me. you had fun, you. and we'll Thinking talk soon. Me. Happy Sunday, everybody. That's it. Thanks.